Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Broward County Commission. My name is Marty Kerr. I'm the mayor, and we are definitely welcoming you here today to uh, the county commission while we do the people's business. Uh, the first thing that we're doing today is we're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance. And at this time, I'd like to ask all of the folks that are here being represented, that are here being honored for Broward's good news, to please stand and say the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. As is always customary at every single county commission meeting, we recognize folks who have passed away in our communities and, uh, and, and recognize them. At this time, is there anybody on the county commission that wishes to recognize somebody that has passed on? Thank you very much. Um, at this time, is, uh, is Lois here? Lois is down there. Great. At this time, I, oh, we're all done. We can say it. Sorry. No, the men and women. Of oh, yes, that's right. I appreciate it. I can't find my script. It's, okay. uh, it's true. As always, uh, we like to keep the uh, men and women uh, who serve us valiantly both here and abroad in our thoughts as well. So let's have a moment of silence. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This year, I designate as the year of good news, and at each commission meeting, we bring good news to the public by highlighting the successes of our county, the economic engines of small businesses, residents who are good Samaritans, and other positive happenings. This week, Com Commissioner Lois Wexler is providing us with some excellent news. And uh, Commissioner Wexler, feel free to take it away. Thank you, Mayor. I have, a, I have two wonderful honors to um, <laughs> present this morning. First, to join me up here, I'd ask that Richard... Jean, principal of Arch, I want to say Archbishop, Archbishop. Early. I mean seriously, <laughs> that's how old I am and someone who grew up in Miami, so forgive me. Um, our Archbishop Edward A. McCarthy High School in my district in Southwest Ranches, if you would join me up here, and Father Dalton, and I don't know if Maria French is, Maria, you must be Maria French. And, Chris Cavone, and you are? I'm Chris Cavone. Chris Cavone? Are you a teacher? Yes, I'm the director of campus ministry. Okay, thank you. Um, others are stuck in traffic this morning, so forgive us, but we, we, we really do need to proceed. Um, you had contacted me about an event, yes. and I was so really proud of the work that you're doing at the school that I felt that it was good news to share with the whole community. And particularly the timing of it is perfect because it, this, the event is coming up. So, if I may, the mayor has designated this year as the year of good news, and at each commission meeting, the commission will bring good news to the public by highlighting the successes of our community and the economic engines of small business, residents who are good Samaritans, and other positive happenings. The Ar um, Archbishop Edward McCarthy High School Business Department teaches students about fair trade, Business-Minded Seniors, a first-of-its-kind course on social entrepreneurship. This class espouses a philosophy of fairness to workers and commitment to social responsibility. This social entrepreneurship business class includes an excursion to Port-au-Pay, Port one of the poorest regions of Haiti, where farmers work 12-hour days earning wages of approximately 76 cents per pound producing some of the finest coffee in the world. Over the past few years, the students have partnered with St. Thomas University's Center for Community Engagement 
to develop the, well, you're going to have to help me, Cafe, help me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't speak French. <laughs> Cafe, a. Cacao you to Northwest Cocano Coffee Project. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, it, it, the coffee project. Yes. To assist the Haitian coffee farmers with fair, it's not phonetic for me, so please, you know, I, usually the staff does something phonetic so that I don't make a complete fool of myself up here. Uh, the coffee project to assist the Haitian coffee farmers with fair trade and economic sustainability. The faculty of St. Thomas and the Archbishop and the Archbishop McCarthy business students traveled to Northwest Haiti on missions to buy high quality coffee beans directly from the farmers and in return pay them a wage of about $4.16 a pound. The business class sells the organic coffee in Florida for $13 per 12 ounce bag of whole freshly roasted beans, hosts special ice cafe latte sales for schools for $3 at the school for $3 per cup and earns $1.65 per iced coffee service after expenses. Everyone who tries the coffee loves it. I hope you brought us some this morning. Whereas this year alone, the school was able to donate approximately $4,000. This co-op was greatly impacted, has greatly impacted the lives of the farmers, and they have seen a 600% increase in profits. The farmers of Port-au-Pay were inspired and sent a video message uh, uh, to the social entrepreneurship class telling them how the prophets have sent their children to school and how a small medical facility has been built. Archbishop Edward McCarthy High School will begin a new service project which will be available to the students during the next school year to assist students in Haiti, to assist students in Haiti, allowing its students to reach deeper into some of the young lives in that country and hopefully make a further impact. This year, the unveiling of the new project will be held in the fall at Archbishop Edward McCarthy High School. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board recognizes as part of the year of good news, Archbishop Edward McCarthy High School's business department in appreciation of its hard work and commitment to social responsibility in Broward County and beyond. That's not in there, those are my words. Signed by our mayor, Marty Kerr. Oh, and you. it is really, I hope somebody is going to come forward, Father, welcome this morning. Yes, I am. And are you the principal? Yes, sir. Okay, welcome to you as well. I'm sorry about the traffic. Is somebody like to say a couple of words? Oh. And I hope of you're course. going to mention the upcoming event as well. Don't you, have, don't you have an event coming up? This It's going to be in the fall. Oh, and the, you can change it to the fall, yes. and it's a fundraising event too, right? Yes. It's, it's a new project for our children. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Father. You how are you? Oh, I you. asked her. I asked her. I said, "What do you want me to say?" She says, "Thank you. Thank you for. <laughs> thank you for recognizing the good work at Archbishop McCarthy High School. We are in, in um, a high school of innovation and." technology and digital education. By the way, any of the commissioners that wish to come and get a tour of the school at any time, just call up and you get a tour. Oh, God you. bless. Oh, thank you so much, Father. May we take a picture? Yeah.
Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let us recognize you. That was a, a wonderful good, I really enjoyed that one, Commissioner well, Ashley. you know what, you kind of set that tone oh, with you. the Catholic school on the other side of university. Yeah. So now I'm hitting the West. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we get them from all around the county. <laughs> I'm all around the county, you bet, you bet. And I think it's really special that we want, we do, we, all of you reach out and try to honor students. And it's super testing today in high schools or because uh, uh, otherwise students were going to be here today, yeah. but they, the, the, the testing is going on, and so it was an impossible feat for today's day sure. for students to be here. The next honoree is fun and special, and I would ask that Tommy Cannon please join me up here, Mr. Cannon. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I can't, we can't not ask Mr. Walton, Mr. Garling, Ms. Schaefer, and Ms. Fuentes. And is this your wife? Yeah, my fiance. Fiance? Yes. You've been back there taking pictures all morning. Yes. Welcome here and welcome to you. Thank you. I, I, when I saw the press release on this, I said, I just have to do this. But folks, first I did something a little unusual. I called up Mr. Garling, since I have a reputation up here of um, wanting to know about our settlements and those bus drivers that have lots of points on their records. Um, and sir, you are 100% clean. <laughs> it is an honor. <laughs> it is indeed an honor. That, that was the first question, and once that hurdle was passed, I said, well, then let's go, boys. <laughs> so if you've looked at this this morning, you will see that it says Rodeo. It's not a typo. It's not a misspelling. It's, it's uh, Rodeo. Mm -hmm. Because you're the best bus driver on the road <laughs> in the state of Florida. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. You? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> it's, I still call them stewardesses, so forgive me. <laughs> it's not a bus driver. It's a bus a operator. operator. <laughs> a driver is a unit. It's not a... That's what we are training you. Okay. Train me. <laughs> I don't have much longer in office, so the training is probably for naught. Bus operator. And I'm going to read this if you, if, if you will join me up here. Stand right next to me. Um, bus driver. Bus drivers. You might just bus drivers. You see what that says? All right. You off the hook. Bus operators mostly referred. Oh wait, uh, they uh, bus operator. Bus drivers mostly referred to as operators at transit agencies were put through many tests at the Florida Triple Crown Bus Rodeo competition held at a Lee Tran, Tran facility in Fort Myers, Florida. This year's state winner is Tommy Cannon from Broward County's Transit Ravenswood Garage. Tommy has been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Tommy. Tommy has been with the county since April 12, 2004. It's when I started also, November of that year, and, ha and his record is exemplary. 
17 eligible competitors who all won their local rodeo competition went to Fort Myers to showcase their abilities in the statewide competition. Operators must navigate through a road course and execute difficult maneuvers in varying sizes of vehicles, depending on their category. They learn these skills while working for transit agencies and carrying customers to their destinations safely on a daily basis. Eight participants were first-time contestants called rookies, including <coughs> Tommy. He was also named Rookie of the Year at the state competition as well as at his original rodeo at Broward County Transit Copens Garage on March 6, 2016. Whereas Tommy will represent Broward County Transit at the 2016 International Bus Rodeo Competition hosted by the American Public Transportation Association in Charlotte, North Carolina on May 13th through the 17th. BCT is proud of this first-time competitor's accomplishments, winning the local and state rodeos, and wishing him luck in North Carolina. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board does hereby recognize as part of the year of good news, Tommy Cannon, in appreciation of his hard work and commitment to Broward County, Florida. Signed by our All right, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, you know every Broward County resident is going to flock to your bus now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're all finding where, where them. Where do you drive? Where uh, in particular? Uh, South Broward, 18. South Broward, yes. cool. Yes. Okay. Can we can we gather this and then can we do a board shot also? Yes, we're actually going to come down. With Are you going to come down oh, yeah. for this? Okay. Um, I don't know your name. Tracy, Tracy. I'll say. Oh, Tracy, come yeah, on Tracy. over. <laughs> Counting on you. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're counting on you. I, I, I'm, just I'm just having fun. We're going to be back I'm here in August, <laughs> in August, recognizing you as the national winner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's been spoken. Okay. <laughs> All right. And um, if it's okay, unless Please. there's no objection from the county commission, you may wear this Broward Good News on your bus route. Yeah, if you'd like. <laughs> you know, feel free to do it. You know. <laughs> And if I that's okay with you guys, it would be like great. And if we could take a picture? Yes, yes. let's all take a picture. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. Thank, thank you for your service to our county. Congratulations. Congratulations. Didn't I get to represent you when you were bus racing down the street to the new drive race? Yeah. 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 No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you should come in there.
Oh, yes, I have a few words to say. Okay, you don't have to say. <laughs> Good morning to everyone. Uh, thank God for this. This has been a, a ride that uh, I feel like I'm really riding a roadie up a bucking bronc or something. <laughs> but it's been so much fun. I've been just having fun. I want to thank you all for everything y'all do out throughout the county. Um, I always hear you all names to get to see you all is something different, you know. But I have to say, Mr. Walter, I could call him or we could call him and say, oh, come over, we're having a picnic. He's there. You know, <laughs> he'll show up. So I get to see him a lot, and I really appreciate everything you do for transit. You know, yeah. and uh, throughout the county. Miss Martinez, she taught me how to spell her name. I said, Martinez. <laughs> she did with me so much, and lately she's been dealing with me a lot. I want to thank you for being patient with me and everything. I keep calling her, calling her, calling her. But I, I, I'm just thanking you all. Um, I know we got a lot of things on the agenda for the year coming up, and um, it's one thing that I've been, I drive. I've been driving for like 12 years. From the time I started, we had routes that would actually have five to ten people on them. Now they have 50 to 70 people on one, that same route. Wow. So we're asking for help somewhere along the line, you know. I know we have, I've been throughout the years uh, living here, and we've been dealing with this penny tax thing for some time to come. And we have, I haven't heard about it this year, but I, in the past years, and we trying to get it passed. As a homeowner, we were trying to get it passed, get it passed, get it passed. You, you, so, you might want to stick around for today's meeting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, okay. So uh, it's something that um, we, in transit, we have seen the growth in Broward County so big. To it's, 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 it's happy and it's frightening that you have 40-foot bus with 80 people on one route. And it's, it's good. We love it. We love. I love it. I love it when my bus is packed. I love it when I have a crowded bus. But we need to get some funding so we can get other routes put in. We've been looking at routes. I've been looking at routes, and I'm not even a supervisor or anything, but I look at routes, and I say, why are we not, ex we're not extended out this far? I got my three minutes up. Oh, yeah. Do you want to stick oh, yeah. around for the vote? <laughs> <laughs> you did a great I'll job, say, Okay, so who I have to look straight at? So you, yeah, there's a uh, we'll talk. Okay, we'll talk. Okay, okay. we'll talk. It's okay. not me. Not you. No, we'll talk though. Tommy, okay, and thank I just you. want to say thank you to you all, everyone. Uh, thanks for the support. I want y'all to keep me in your prayers, and we're gonna Absolutely. go to North Carolina and do this thing. And if you speak it, it's spoken. Absolutely. Good luck, Tommy. We're proud of you. Thank so, you. All right. Until we see each other again. Absolutely. God bless you all. Uh, you Thank too. You. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> we actually have uh, one proclamation uh, that we're actually doing this morning, which is being presented by Commissioner Lois Wexler and Commissioner Dale Holness, and it's the Broward County Children's Mental Health Awareness Month. A very important proclamation, and uh, thank you for, for doing I, I didn't this today. plan being up here intentionally. It's just my good news day yes. and my heartfelt project, mental Absolutely. health and substance abuse, and Commissioner Holness is our representative to the Children's Services Board that helps fund many of the children's substance abuse and mental health issues in Broward County. So let, 
I'm going to call all these people up, all right? Um, Adam Noe um, is who we're going to present to. Adam, if you'll join us. Adam is um, a wellness coach at the South Florida Wellness Network and president of MOVE. Soraya Papayote, did I say that? Wellness coach. Soraya, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly or not. And also in attendance, and it's quite a few people, Tiffany Smith from um, One Community Partnership, Cecilia Hall, Recovery Support Navigator, Chelsea Campbell, Peer Evaluator, Gretchen Rovira, Coordinator, Federation of Families, Terry Yates, a wellness coach of the South Florida Wellness Network, Nicole Morano, wellness coach, Bobby Link Linkhorn, Lead Adult Peer Specialist, Kim Campbell, Director of Human Services, Broward County, Mandy Wells, Director, Community Partnerships Division, Linda Rayburn, Administrator, Children's Services Administration. That's the whole first and second row. <laughs> and uh, we have this proclamation that uh, we will read this morning. Uh, but first, let me thank all of you on behalf of all the people of Broward County, especially especially our children, for doing the work that you do. Uh, we know that in many areas of our society, there's a stigma as to dealing with mental health. But you are the pace setters that ensure that we pay attention to this. Uh, so the proclamation this morning uh, reads, whereas addressing the complex mental health needs of children, youth, and families today is fundamental to the future of Broad County and whereas the need for comprehensive coordinated mental health and wellness services for children, youth, and families and peers placed upon our community a critical responsibility and whereas it is appropriate that a time should be set apart each year for the direction of our thoughts towards the mental health and well-being of our children and youth. Whereas the Broward County Board of County Commissioners, through its Human Services Department, Community Partnership Division, Children's Services Administration, and its Children's Services Board, and Broward Behavioral Health Coalition use a system of care approach to effectively address the mental health needs of children, youth, and families in our community. And whereas Broward County has been awarded a grant from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, promote an effective transition between the child and adult mental health system of care by building upon the accomplishments of an earlier grant that established one community partnership. Whereas the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition is collaborating with Broward County on the new grant initiative known as One Community Partnership II and... Whereas in an effort to inform the community about the importance of child and youth mental health, and the need to reduce stigma in this area. The Human Service Department, Community Partnerships Division, Children's Services Administration Section, and the Broad Behavioral Coalition have collaborated through the One Community Partnership Two initiative to display artwork provided by Youth Move in an exhibition at ArtServe through May 13, 2016. Host an open mic night on May 5, 2016, for adults, families, 
and youth pairs collaborate with the United Way of Broad County Commission on Substance Abuse to provide the Behavioral Health Conference on May 10th through 11th, 2016, and launch a Community Wellness Day to celebrate mental health awareness at Central Broad Regional Park on May 14, 2016. And Whereas the board recognizes the important work of the community residents and organizations to unite during this month to acquaint the people of Broward County with the fundamental necessity of year-round services and support for children, youth, and families. Now, now therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates the month of May 2016 as Broward Children's County's Children Mental Health Awareness Month in Broward County, Florida. Good morning, Mayor, Vice morning. Mayor, and Commissioners. My name is Adam Noe, and I am a wellness coach at the South Florida Wellness Network, and I'm also president of Youth uh, Move, which is motivating others through voices of experience, Broward. Good morning, Commissioners. I, my name is Soraya, and I also am a wellness coach at South Florida Wellness Network, um, and also the vice president of Youth Move Broward. We are very grateful to the Commission for recognizing Ch Children's Mental Health Awareness Month and to accept this proclamation. Um, as we all know, mental health is um, a very stigmatized subject to talk about. And through our events, um, we have had two so far, and that's Soberfest in Pompano Beach at the 101 Club and um, Healing Voices. We played a movie at Broward College North Campus. We have reached thousands of people in recovery to try to break that stigma. And we have a couple more um, Events coming up, open mic night at Broward College North Campus is this Thursday. We're really excited. And Wellness Day at Broward Central Regional Park is May 14th, and we'll continue to help break the negative stigma associated with mental health. Uh, so thank you again to Broward County Children's Services Administration, One Community Partnership, Broward Behavioral Health Coalition, and our team at the South Florida Wellness Network. Um, thank you for all your all of your love and support. We really appreciate it. And uh, we are so excited to be a part of Broward's health and wellness. Thank, thank you. And, and you didn't mention one person, the executive director of South Florida Wellness, which is Susan Nyamora, yes. that is the glue to keep everything together over there. And she's not here this morning, but... Okay. Well, she's entitled, whatever it is. No one works harder than, than Susan does. Thank you. So we'll go take a photo. Yeah, let's everybody come back here and, uh, and we'll we can kind of come behind here.
Uh, thank you so much, Commissioner Wexler and Commissioner Holness. I thought that was great and uh, excellent, excellent day of Broward good news. That's for sure. And uh, Commissioner Bogan, did you have something you wanted to ask me? Wow, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, there is something I, I didn't want to ask you, but I, I just, there's a very hardworking uh, young man who's here today, who's his birthday, and I wanted to recognize Matt Gotha, who's actually sick today, but he came in, and it's his birthday today, so I wanted to wish him a happy oh, birthday. Oh, Matt, Matt, happy birthday. Absolutely. Mark, I think that uh, you by yourself should do a solo of happy birthday to Matt. What do you think? <laughs> ain't, ain't happening. <laughs> Uh, with that said, there's something I've had forgotten before. This morning, we heard the song by Linda Ronstadt, What Will I, what, What'll I Do, from the 1983 album, What's New, that she recorded with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra at the request of Commissioner Ryan. I have no clue who that is. But, <laughs> uh, Linda Ronstadt? Oh, no, I know who Linda Ronstadt is. Never mind. I know exactly who that is. There was? I forgot the second song. But it was a good choice. It was a good choice. The jazz song was by John Coulton. Oh, and uh, the jazz song was by John Coltrane, which was incredibly cool. Um, for those of you in the audience, please turn off and silence your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the county commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. Once an item is called, further speaker signups will not be allowed, and you may not be permitted to, be, to continue speaking. When you are called upon, you will have three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, you will not be permitted to continue speaking. Please be respectful of those who are speaking today. We do not allow any applause, cheering, or booing during the meeting. Any person disrupting the proceeding will be asked to leave the chamber. I'm now going to read the Tuesday night memo. The following requests are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are numbers 1 through 18. I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener errors, corrections, and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawal or deferrals. Item number 11, withdrawn for further staff review. Item number 12, withdrawn for further staff review. Scrivener's errors, none. Additional information. Item number 18, signature pages have been received. Item number 23, Commissioner Ritter is requesting to be a co-sponsor. The mayor requests without objection that items 19, 20, and 22 be moved to consent. Additional material, item number 19, memo to the board submitted by the Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 21, replacement, section 31 and a half, 72, submitted by County Attorney's Office. Item number 23, memo to the board submitted by the Office of County Auditor. Item number 28, email from Becker and Polikoff submitted by Mayor Kerr. Item number 28, two, bidder response activity report submitted by Mayor Kerr. Item number 28, three, email from BidSync submitted by County Administration. I'm now going to ask if uh, any of my colleagues wish to pull anything from the consent agenda. And we'll start with Commissioner Bogan. None. Commissioner Holness. Commissioner LaMarca. To leave 19 on. 19 on. Commi uh, Vice Mayor Sharif. None. Uh, Commissioner Ryan. None. Commissioner Ritter. Commissioner Wexler. None. Commissioner Furr. None. The public, oh, actually a county administrator. None. County attorney. None. County auditor. And there have been a, the public wishes to pull items 7 and 19. Uh, so now, what, can I have a motion to approve the consent agenda, which, well, which consists of items numbers 1 to 18, uh, 19, uh, 21, 23, um, with, uh, that would be, it. there's been a motion and a second. Mayor, just as a clarification, I think that's 1 through 18, 20, and 22. Uh, Oh, yes, yes, I'm sorry about that. Yes, 1 through 18, 20 and 22. Thank you. Minus 7 and 19. Perfect. Uh, there has been a motion and a second. I made the motion. Bogan, you 
All in favor signify by saying aye. All opposed? Show the item passes unanimously. The first item that we have is item number seven. And this was pulled by uh, Russell Rand. Um, Mr. Rand, you have three minutes to speak. Good morning. Time's up. Yeah. Uh, well, I pulled this. Uh, I just wanted to say that sounds like a good idea, cleaning Port Everglades, uh, putting out 120 painted drums. Uh, and I think this uh, is a great idea to clean up the port and uh, distract from the 120 million gallons of oil under the port, at least uh, clean up the surface land and all. Um, I think it's a, a great thing. I, we used to travel through the port all the time. It's pretty, uh, you know, desert, but uh, it's a good idea. And um, be a good entrance into the convention center area, I think. So I just want to congratulate you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Uh, um, Commissioner Lamarca. Uh, just a quick comment. I, I partook in that uh, event a few years ago. And what's really neat about that is that we're taking, we're recycling the 55-gallon drums, but if you drive around the port, you see these uh, trash containers, receptacles, that they're 55-gallon drums, but there's everything from American flags and manatees and dolphin and really neat and it uh, we bring a lot of uh, kids and families out for the the cultural arts piece of it and uh, gives them the opportunity to do their painting and Mr. Rand I know you're an artist so come on out with that I'll move the item. Thank you. There's been a motion and a second on item number seven. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed. Show item number seven passes unanimously. We're now moving on to item number 19 which was pulled by both the public and uh, Commissioner Lamarca and that's a motion to approve the final ranking of qualified firms in request for, for proposals. Uh, we'll start uh, with uh, Mr. Rand and then we'll come back to the dais and we'll go right to Commissioner Lamarca. I forgot, uh, Russell Rand representing the Stigma Society. Can't do enough, can't do enough for mental health. Um, I just want to say a few things. Um, uh, water conservation, very important. Uh, and again, it's tied into that uh, cycle, uh, environmental cycle of um, feast or famine. And uh, we've had feast these years, so there's not a great need to uh, conserve water as much as the famine years. Um, and I don't know if you're still considering that pipeline down from northern Florida. That, I thought that was a terrific idea, five foot to supply all the uh, water for South Florida that's parched. Um, not really, but um, the more we conserve water, though, too, is to fight the saltwater intrusion as best we can, uh, which is uh, creeping into everything, and eventually we're going to be walking in water. Um, so. And I just want to say congratulations to Kevin Keller for some promotion or whatever. Uh, we had a disagreement some years ago where I worked five hours overtime and then was AWOL when I was in the county administrator's office. But I'm willing to let bygones be bygones on things. But they had to pay it back to me twice. I had to work overtime to make up for the overtime that they took off my. But anyway, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Uh, we're now come back to Commissioner Lamarca. Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. I, I actually. Uh, 
didn't pull the item to speak on the the issue. I guess we'd call that pulling a Russell Rand, but I did call it to uh, thank uh, Dr. Harado and her staff for their work. Well, first of all, to to talk about the two folks, I will speak on the item because it's important. But uh, Diana Guidry and uh, Bob Carew, who uh, worked on our irrigation program for many, many years, uh, I want to thank them for their hard work. Uh, but but this program's important because I think we, we're starting to finally get it and we're starting to learn. Usually it's from learning from our, ch our children, kind of like with the recycling of the oil barrels or, or anything else. Um, but I did, I did pull the item because I wanted to speak on environmental protection and growth management. There was a piece on TV last night, maybe it was Channel 4, but it was about the beach renourishment project that they're doing in Miami. Um, and I want to thank Dr. Harado and uh, Nicole Sharp uh, and Samantha and everybody else in the, in the division for the work that's been done uh, on our beach. We, we stopped operations last week. Uh, it was the latest we can go into turtle nesting season and we have probably about 20% of the work yet to go and it'll be completely down uh, off 18th and sunrise so where uh, there's less residential area and that'll start in, uh, after the 1st of November. But I wanna highlight that the, the, the contractor Eastman aggregates the material, the, the quality of the material and, and due to our staff being there and, and keeping good quality assurance on it uh, is fantastic. The beach looks uh, absolutely tremendous, but uh, I don't know how you end up with construction debris and sand, um, even if it's being sifted, even if it's coming off of a site that you're uh, transforming it, you know, demoing an existing property and, and building a new property. Uh, I think we get it right. I don't want to say anything negative about anybody else, but uh, to our to the credit of our staff, uh, just wanted to give them kudos and thank them while she was here. So that one with the item. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor on item number 17, signify, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? 19. I said uh, 19. Show item 19 passes unanimously. We're now moving on to item number 21, which is the surtax item. Um, uh, before we bring it back to the dais and start with Commissioner Ryan, uh, we have uh, one member of the public who wishes to speak, and that would be Russell Rand. Mr. Rand. Uh, I just wanted to congratulate you on trying to cook this stew and all as best you can, and and um, la you know last minute preparation kind of thing to jam it up to get it on the ballot, and. Um, whether the taxpayers have enough trust in public officials in these days of such great mistrust in government, uh, hence the bizarre campaign that we've uh, witnessed and all. But there's kind of an undercurrent of anti-government and mistrust of government that's going on these days. So uh, I don't know if you've cooked this stew well enough and between the various visions and plans of the county versus the cities and the uh, various interests that are involved in this, uh, whether it floats and flies, uh, remains to be seen. Um, you know, we gave away a lot of money to the Panthers and we didn't get a, where's that Stanley Cup? But um, I hope this flies because I'm getting tired of spending so much time commuting that I had to move downtown just to make it a, a walk. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. And now it comes back to the County Commission. I think it's most appropriate to start with Commissioner Ryan. 
Thank you, Mayor. Item 21 is simply a uh, motion to uh, adopt a resolution on first reading uh, to publish the notice of public hearing with respect to the uh, transportation one penny surtax. Um, it would create a 30-year uh, term for levying of the surtax. Um, funds would be placed into a segregated trust account uh, to protect the money from being used for non-transportation purposes. Uh, we'll create an oversight board uh, to instill a level of confidence uh, in the public with regard to how these funds are being spent uh, appropriately and in compliance with state law. Does anybody want to speak on the matter? Um, no, don't call the question. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca. Uh, I, want to, I want to just be uh, clear on something. I, I know that the administrator and I have talked about this quite a bit, uh, but I'm, I'm stuck on not the concept. I'm stuck on the 30 years, and I understand why. Uh, we need to go that far out with, with projects like rail and, and large capital infrastructure projects like that. Uh, to me, though, if we don't, if we don't give uh, much to the comparison of what we had to go through with uh, Children's Services Council and uh, their, their director understanding that at some point the people need to have a, sec, uh, a say in what, what's going on. And 30 years is longer than uh, birth to voter registration for somebody. So I, if, we, if we were in a 20 to 25 year period, I might be able to support it, but uh, it's, it's for that purpose uh, alone that I can't support it. Commissioner Furr. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I did go to that meeting the other day to try to um, put together the ILA agreement. And, and, uh, and I want to thank uh, both our county attorney and Drew Myers, who did a, a very good job. And for the most part, there was, you know, there's a, there's a memo for everybody to take a look at. And um, I think we reached consensus on a lot of things. There's a few things we didn't reach consensus on. Um, but the one thing I do think that we, we need to be aware of is that the, as, as, was, as the meeting started, um, that the MPO chair had mentioned that 70% of the cities have already voted to put forth the infrastructure tax. It will require that more than one city repeal that vote. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's going to be interesting to find out. And so they will, be, they will be meeting on Thursday, I believe, to decide which way they go for which way they go forward, um, that's it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I do I, I I have a feeling that the vote that they took that was a 19 to 6 vote that talked about the 70 30 split. I'm not sure that was that may have been <coughs> misleading. Is my is my guess. Because I, I have a feeling that the cities are more inclined to go for the infrastructure tax. That's my, that's my reading of it. But I think we should put this forth anyway. Um, and then there's, there's some choice there. And there's, there we'll have a chance for a debate. I do think if they do go forward, if they are intent on going forward with the infrastructure tax, we should be asking them to do a limited number of years, much like what you're talking about, Commissioner Lamarca. Uh, and, and, and maybe if they did, much like what Marion County just did, they just did a four-year infrastructure tax. If, if they would consider doing a, a, you know, a limited number of years, 
then that might give us more time to put together a, a more comprehensive transportation plan that maybe we can all uh, agree on. Given other than that, um, you know, I'm going to support this today. And I think, and I, I think we're close with the interlocal agreement. But Thursday will be interesting. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Holness. Yes, uh, two points. One, I, I'm reading a little bit of the summary of the meeting here, and, and I'm disappointed uh, to read uh, uh, the MPO director, Stort, uh, Greg Stort's uh, comment that the unincorporated area should not be allocated uh, a per person allocation as any other city. It's, it is, in fact, a, an independent area uh, that uh, funds themselves, just as any other city operates. Uh, people in that community want complete streets also. They want, they want to make sure that they have sidewalks and, and roads paved and, and uh, Community bus shuttle just as anyone else. Why should they not be treated the same fairly as any other city? That's, that's not right at all. I, I don't understand the logic of that at all. It, it befuddles me to think that someone in that position uh, would not recognize that there are distinct needs that are, uh, uh, need to be met within these communities just as any other. And, you know, I, I, we, we're probably not perfectly situated in terms of where we are, but the challenge is this. What do we do? Keep kicking the ball down the road? I think the people of Brock County need to make that decision. They need to have that option to decide whether or not they believe this is to be done. We hear, we heard our champion uh, bus rodeo operator talk about how full his buses are and a need for other routes to be built so that people can have better access. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Rand talks about his commute time, uh, which basically affects all of us. It's not going to get any less intense out there in terms of the, 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 the streets and, and how long it takes for us to get from one place to the other in our own cars. For those who don't believe that they'll ever uh, take a bus or, or ride a uh, 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 the wave system or, or local streetcar uh, system that will, will be coming forward, they still need to get to where they need to go in a reasonable amount of time so that they can be productive. Uh, and if we are not uh, synchronizing our traffic signals and, and, and doing the things that we, we need to do to ensure that we have a good regional system of transportation and roadways well, well planned out in Broward County, uh, it's, it's going to be difficult for our people. And again, it's not something that I want to impose on any, 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 any voter. It's a choice that we ought to give them to make and let them get the education, get the information, and decide whether or not this is something that is in the best interest of our community as a whole. Commissioner Ritter. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I just have a couple of questions, and, and they may have been answered as we've discussed this over the past four or five months, but unfortunately my coffee today is caffeinated. Um, and I usually drink decaf, so I'm super wired. <laughs> and, um, and also a little fuzzy as a result. So um, we've, I know we had, we had um, 
the questions about how many members it takes to place this item on the ballot. Is it five or six, Ms. Uh, Ms. Coffey? It's a simple majority. Okay. And I've received maybe 10 or 12 email resolutions from various cities throughout the county regarding an infrastructure surtax, supporting an infrastructure surtax. That's not this item before us today, is it? That's correct. It's a different surtax. So they're supporting, they're actually supporting their own tax today. I mean, the cities that have sent us resolutions are supporting placing their own municipal infrastructure tax on the ballot, not this one. It's, it's a fluke of the Florida statute. It is a charter county tax, but it allows that tax option be placed before the voters if cities representing 51% or more of the population pass resolutions asking that that be done. So the cities can place it on the ballot, although it's a charter county tax. Cities representing 51% of what population? The countywide population. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't understand what, the, what that means. The cities that have a combined population of 51% or more, or 50.1% mm -hmm. or more, over half the population, can require an infrastructure surtax to be placed on the ballot. It would be a countywide tax. Okay, so they had to get, to, in essence, they had to get together and agree to do this as a sort of a block? They can do it individually so long as you get to over enough, half. Enough cities that will, so, so long as you get to enough cities that you'll get to 50.1%. That's correct. So if, for example, all the cities that pass resolutions supporting an infrastructure, uh, a municipal infrastructure surtax passed it, then that would exceed the 50.1%. It's, it's the population, not the number of cities, but yes, you're right. And if it, if they only got 49.9, it would not go on the ballot if it did not reach 50% of the population. Has there been any indication, maybe uh, Commissioner Beam can answer this question or Commissioner Ryan might be able to? Um, no, not the percentage. Um, of whether or not they plan to, those cities that pass these resolutions, plan to move forward with their own regardless of what we do here today? And they would have to actually rescind their resolution. You would have to have, I believe, two or three cities repeal what they've already done any to get it down below 51%. Is there any indication that that's hap going to happen? I haven't seen any. Has in, in, in any, with your permission, in any conversations that anybody's had with these cities, is there any indication that they're going to only work for one versus the other or uh, anything? Is anybody from the League of Cities here? Is anybody representing the League of Cities here? Is anybody here from any city? A anybody know what's going on with that? I mean, I, I, I mean has, have, have any of the cities suggested that they are going to repeal their resolution supporting their, their own municipal infrastructure surtax in the event we pass this today? Of course. Commissioner Ryan. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, there were comments made at one um, city Commission meeting the city of Fort Lauderdale uh, which placed this uh, infrastructure tax as kind of a placeholder uh, looking for a, uh, a transportation surtax that would be in a format acceptable to the city of Fort Lauderdale they didn't specify in that meeting all of the uh, requirements in order to support it uh, but 
it seemed to me, and I also have had a conversation with uh, Mayor Seiler about this, is that um, I believe the um, desire is to proceed with a transportation tax as opposed to uh, the infrastructure tax with regard to Fort Lauderdale only. And that seemed to be my understanding of uh, a discussion with, with Mayor Seiler. So that's one of maybe a dozen cities that have passed their own resolutions. The most populated city in the county. And um, if, I'm sorry, Commissioner Ritter, may I just have a quick question on this? As 70 per, about 70% of the population has, uh, cities representing approximately 70% of the population have passed resolutions, okay. is that correct? 69%. 69%. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, Commissioner. Fort Lauderdale accounts for 9%. Okay. So even if Fort Lauderdale rescinds their resolution, you're still over two the more. 50%. Probably. Um, why would these municipalities do this, knowing that we're debating a countywide, <laughs> countywide? May, may, may I respond? <laughs> um, sure. It's, it's been evident to me, and I think to... Um, uh, a number of persons who have sat on the MPO uh, from the county's perspective is that the, the staff leadership at the MPO uh, prefers to have uh, an infrastructure tax over a transportation tax. It seems uh, to me illogical that a transportation planning agency uh, advances uh, an infrastructure tax over a transportation tax uh, under, from what I have heard, because there are transportation components in the infrastructure tax. Uh, so unless we have a change in the, the view of the leadership uh, at the MPO with respect to its staff, I think we're going to continue to see that position being advanced. Uh, I know that representatives of the MPO have, have shown up at uh, municipal meetings to, uh, to follow the infrastructure tax, although they've been conspicuously absent at county commission meetings on what I consider to be the most important funding issue for transportation uh, in Broward County. So I'm at a loss to understand why they seem to um, not have the time or perhaps the inclination to come to the county commission and discuss this plan. Uh, the criticism seems to be uh, driven in, in emails and in um, kind of one-sided uh, uh, comments rather than to, uh, to sit down in a what I would consider to be a thoughtful conversation. Um, I continue to hear the comments that uh, there's not a plan uh, for transportation when in fact uh, we have laid out with specificity uh, the components of the plan with regard to, to transit, regard to uh, 20 miles of light rail, uh, with regard to school safety zone improvements, uh, traffic signalization, um, uh, increased uh, community bus service, and greater funding on the operations component by the county. Um, so sometimes it just seems like if the message is not what uh, the staff at the MPO wants to hear, then um, uh, the presentation and the information provided by the county is uh, in my view, ignored. Okay. So I, I support this today. I mean, I, I support putting this on the ballot. I think it's the right thing to do to let the voters decide um, whether or not they want this. Uh, and, and I think between now and, and November, we can make a, a good case as to why it's important for it to pass. 
but I have serious concerns with the amount of support we'll be receiving from Broward cities based on not only the things that have been discussed up to this point, but the memo we received this morning via yellow sheet, um, which indicates, it's from Ms. Henry to all of us, about the meeting you held last week, Commissioner Furr, in your district office. And it just seems that there's so much that they've rejected, um, and they meaning the, M the MPO staff and, and the one member of the MPO who attended the meeting? Because it wasn't a publicly held meeting, correct? There were, there were no other members of the MPO, okay. Um, deal breaker if the, if the unincorporated area gets any money. Um, questioning limiting the imposition of the surtax to 30 years instead of having an indefinite levy. Yikes, yeah. an indefinite levy? Yeah. Oof. Rejected 1% allocation to fund direct expenses of the oversight board. Rejected municipal proceeds be dispersed directly to participating municipalities. Felt June 30th was too soon for municipalities to enter an interlocal agreement due to upcoming summer breaks. Rejected challenge grant proposals. Rejected opinion of any challenge grant awards being needs-based or limited to municipal transit projects. Um, <clears throat> I could go on. Reject, or, or, uh, it just, I, I wholeheartedly support this. I think that the work that you have done to get this on the ballot, the members of this commission, is, is really exemplary. I just am so concerned that, I'm so concerned that it's not, that we won't speak with a united voice and I think this is a great opportunity for the cities and the county to speak as one. And I'm concerned that because of the short-sightedness that I see coming from other governments in Broward County, that this will be a lost opportunity for the future of this county. And I would hope that if this passes today and it gets on the ballot and we can work between now and November to, to see that it passes in November, that we can bring our municipal brethren to the table. Um, they, not that they're already there, by the way. In fact, they're consuming most of the table. Um, but we bring them to, to, to understand that this is our future we are talking about. And if we don't do anything, then every single resident of this county will end up with a short stick. So thank you, Commissioner Ryan. And my vote today is a yes. Will be a yes. Commissioner Wexler. Thank you, Mayor. I agree with almost everything that my colleagues have stated, and I've actually opened up and read the resolutions that have come from the cities regarding the infrastructure tax, and what struck me most was there was no sunset. It was forever. And I, it, there's been very, that has, I think, kind of moved under the radar, that whole in the cities, what's the plan going to be? Because it would have to be, I would hope, a plan. And a plan for, especially forever, as they're passing it, that would trigger 
over a 30-year period, three-plus billion dollars countywide. I mean, I can't even get my mind around that much money. That is so much money. And so you build a fire station. So you build a police, new police station. So you buy police cars. Now what? Now what? You can't use it for operation. You can't use it for maintenance. You can't use it, you know, for sa for the salaries that, that what what you know. So you build you build a new fire station. You want to put on like Fort Lauderdale, seventeen new firefighters. Who, where's that money going to come from? But if it's it, it it just it just boggles my mind that we have gone in such separate directions and that. The MPO in particular, through and reading this um, um, additional material and speaking to council and administration yesterday, you didn't seem to be very taken back by the tenor of the meeting. I, you're, you reflected a very positive, and I think you did too, Commissioner Fur. More of a, it was a positive um, um, interaction that went on. And that issues that were raised were not insurmountable. It, it, did, did I? Am I reading more into what you said? The only thing I can say, and I don't have the benefit of anything other than what happened at the meeting, is that we met for two and a half hours, and there was um, intense engagement on the issues. You have issues that that remain outstanding. What was not put on the table was the seventy thirty split the distribution among the cities based on population, it began at that place and then went to detail. So th the fact that there were people there negotiating about an interlocal agreement, um, to me, seemed to indicate that there was at least some flexibility on the part of some cities. I, I have no idea how many or whether that will happen. And Mr. Cole was representing the cities at that juncture. Well, um, Mr. Mr. Cole um, oh, the was MPO, there. The MP, who, who was he representing sitting there? I think there were three cities that he represented, and um, Sam Gorin was there representing three of his cities. Yeah, but Sam Gorin didn't participate, according to you. He was not authorized to, to negotiate on the transportation tax, but he, 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 he listened willingly. Okay, so the, 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 the <laughs> exactly, the individuals who actually participated was nobody from the Gordon Sheriff side that would be um, Mr. Horowitz and Mr. Gorin, they were there listening intently, taking notes, I'm sure, but not giving input because the cities they represent have passed an infrastructure resolution. That's correct. correct. Okay. And Mr. Cole and Mr. Soroka, is that who else was there? Mr. Soroka, because Mr. Gabriel works for the same law firm, I have to, I'm going to make an assumption. That's a good assumption. That he was representing council of MPO. I, I think that's a fair assumption. Okay. Because yeah. I, I, I want to, yeah, I want to. All right. Mr. Cole and Mr. Soroka were, now and Gabriel was not there, but they were all from Weiss Sirota. So they were, re those two council were representing the MPO. Okay. That's yeah. Right. Assumption pretty Good right. Assumption. I, I think okay. that's right. Okay, and Mr. Stewart, uh, uh, Mr. Stewart was there, and, Ms. and um, Chair Blattner was there. Correct. Okay, and so the and 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 did they actively participate, or just counsel? They did. They did. Okay, 
and that's how this reject or accept or needs more work um, matrix came about through all that participation through that discussion, and conversation yes. of two and a half hours. See, I, 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 I think I'm not willing to give, give up hope yet. Um, I think that this is going to take um, more than just this Board of County Commissioners. It's going to take champions like Tommy Cannon to come forward and I'm pointing to the podium because he, he's, he, he was quite an advocate this morning. And unbeknownst, I mean, I wonder how many people in transit knew that was coming. <laughs> I, 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 no? Really? Well, then he's really good. So, and, and those are the advocates that if, and there are constituents from all over this county. And, and I think that, that, that the business community and particularly the, the Hollywood, the Hallandale, the Fort Lauderdale, the Pompano, the Deerfield, all those coastal cities as a result of putting the wave in when that goes in and the sporks off of the wave of light rail that can so move people and benefit our community as a whole to not look at this as that and for MPO to not, as a planning organization, to not look at that, it, 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 it boggles my mind. It, it really does. And I'm not willing to give up hope on that yet. I think the public needs an opportunity to make a decision. I believe that a robust campaign by community leaders, business leaders in particular, and bus drivers, and riders need to needs to be um, promoted out there, and 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 we need to we need to keep moving this forward. I'm going to support it today, and I'm going to support it when it comes forward on May 24th. Um, there may be modifications in the ILA um, that reflect. You know, I, I I don't know if we can live with 25 years versus 30 years, if that's the only deal breaker for Commissioner LaMarca, because I will share with you, it is critically important that as many commissioners that can come on board to support this effort to put it on the ballot, it is important. And it is important because it is a message that will be used against the effort depending on how split this board is. And I say that from experience the last time this occurred. So unity is critical in moving this forward. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Bogan. Well, my position uh, hasn't changed. Uh, I, I want to commend Mayor, uh, Commissioner Ryan for his hard work on this. Uh, and uh, really, it's impressive the time you've put into this. And um, well, I, I'm sorry that I can't support it. I, I just want you to know how much I uh, really admire the time and effort you put into this, and uh, and th that's all I wanted to say. There are a few more people that want to speak. I haven't spoken yet, uh, and as soon as I'm done, I'll, we can go back around again. Um, but I have a couple quick questions, Miss Coffey. Um, so now that cities representing more than 50% of the population have passed resolutions, this is approximately a 70%. If Cities representing 20% do not rescind it, and it goes forward. That goes on the ballot no matter what. So if the county commission puts its on the ballot, then there are two competing proposals. If they both pass, 
does that mean then that the sales tax increases from six cents to eight cents? Wouldn't that be a two cent increase? They're independent pennies, yes. Yep. And um, <clears throat> that right there is my concern. Uh, you know, I um, have a, first I want to say, I think that the work that Commissioner, just as Commissioner Bogan said, the work that Commissioner Ryan put into this, Commissioner Wexler, Commissioner Furr, and other folks has been pretty incredible. And it is a very, very heavy lift, even to get this far. Um, and I also respect the right of the cities. It's their right to put something on the ballot if they want to. I may not agree with it, but I respect it. Uh, but I don't see the cities repealing their resolutions. I think if you look at the amount of money they would get for their infrastructure tax, it, it appears to be significantly more than what they would get under the county's proposal. And I think if both items are on the ballot, it brings a lot of confusion. And at the same time, I can't stomach a two cent, a potential two cent increase. So for me, uh, for that reason, uh, I'm not going to be supporting this today. I have a question, Ms. Coffey. Um, even to put on the ballot is six votes. Today is to set it for a public hearing. Does that require five votes or six votes? It's, it's actually it's five, five votes. votes it's five votes all, I thought you said a supermajority. No, I said a simple majority. Oh, a simple majority. I thought you said a supermajority. Oh, okay. Got it. Great. Oh, okay. So the um, sets of Republic hearing. I, I, I had thought that Ms. Coffey said a supermajority before. I didn't hear a simple majority. Um, we have a few more people that wish to speak. Uh, the first person that asked was Commissioner Ryan, and then we'll go to Commissioner Holness. And then Commissioner Lamar. I appreciate the mayor's comments with respect to having two uh, request for a uh, penny sales tax on the same ballot. Uh, I have said from the beginning that if the municipalities choose to go forward with an infrastructure tax, um, that that I would withdraw my support for the transportation tax. And with that in mind, we have language in the interlocal agreement to say the county may place this uh, item uh, as a referendum in the November 2016 election. Uh, the idea was to protect the county's position uh, and, and flesh out whether the municipalities wanted to go forward with an infrastructure tax. I didn't ever hear any, any comments from the cities about uh, advancing an infrastructure tax until uh, the county took the leadership role and began discussing uh, a transportation tax. So. To me, it seems that the, the city's position is reactive uh, with regard to the infrastructure tax. But uh, I suppose they, they may, the cities may have a, a different position on it. But I wanted to be clear, uh, if you choose to, um, to vote in the affirmative on item 21 today, it simply means that you are publishing, you're authorizing the publication of a notice uh, with regard to the infrastructure tax, you're not approving the tax, you're not approving that it gets placed on the ballot. It's simply another step to continue the conversation. Uh, but again, looking at the comments um, in the memorandum, which memorializes the discussions uh, with regard to city representatives, uh, I have uh, not the level of optimism that I had uh, before before this morning. I wasn't, as, as Commissioner Furwell knows, I, I wasn't in attendance at those meetings because as a member of the MPO, uh, I'm not, it would be a sunshine law violation. Uh, so we've um, had Commissioner Fur take that leadership role. You've done a very good job. 
you have probably more patience than I do on this issue. So um, <laughs> how, you can, how you can take that many meetings, whether it's garbage or transportation or the many issues that um, I think we reach out and try to have consensus here at the county level. But uh, sometimes um, personalities get in the way and uh, I think it bears repeating that unless we have uh, some change in the thought process of the staff at the MPO with regard to really putting your money where your mouth is. And if you want a dedicated funding source for transportation, for the needs that we are going to have in the coming decades, it would be appropriate to work collaboratively and try to reach solutions rather than just uh, bring about criticism, criticism, criticism. So. I don't know, it could change, anything could change. I just don't want um, this commission to be overly optimistic, uh, even if it doesn't proceed any further, and we'll, we'll get a good uh, vision of it uh, on May 5th with the MPO. Uh, I don't think all is lost. I think that we accomplished a lot to get to where we are. Uh, we have a framework for, um, for uh, advancing transportation because, I mean, I believe that this this plan, uh, the ILA and the transportation plan of the county is very consistent with the Mobility 2040 uh, plan that has been um, uh, issued by the MPO. So I think we're on the right track, but um, as Commissioner Wexler said, we really need the business community to stand up. I mean, they're going to have to say, in the business community, if you really want to have economic development in this county, is it going to be promoted by an infrastructure tax or is transportation improvements really critical for you know, this growing metropolitan area? So it remains to be seen and um, you know, we'll need to hear, I think, from the, uh, the Council of Chambers of Commerce, from the Broward Workshop and uh, the rest of the business community about you know, where they they see the uh, future of transportation in Broward County. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Commissioner Holmes. Yes, a couple of items here. One, you know, we, we've, we've heard so many times how cost burdened Broward County is when it comes to transportation and affordable housing. And, and, and that hurts us in our economic growth and development this plan fits what the MPO has planned for the future, the 2040 plan. This, this is what the MPO should be advocating for. I mean, I'm, a, I'm lost to think that the entity whose responsibility it is to promote this is caught somewhere outside of it. it, 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 it to me, it's a dereliction of duty for them not to be at the forefront of this. They are, ought to actually be pushing us to get to, 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 to the point where we're headed to uh, with this item, rather than finding some ways to, yeah, I'm trying to find a, a word that, uh, a gentle word. Uh, it's almost as if it's subterfuge. To, 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 to go around what we're trying to do here, uh, in, in terms of doing what the plan that is formulated by the MPO, 
for our community is. Makes no sense at all. And, and, and for me, you know, there's some stuff that I wanted. That's not here. And I've been out talking to the people in my, in, in my district constantly at a homeowners association meeting and other meetings. And the feedback is quite positive in terms of the needs that they see exist. The community buses, seniors who are no longer able to drive and saying, you know, I have to wait an hour plus in order to get the community bus. And in and, 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 and Lauder Hill, one, one particular route, it's crowded. Sometimes I can't take it because there are too many people already on it. So these seniors don't have to wait there's one particular lady whose husband passed away a year ago. She said, you know, he drove, I didn't. Now I, I have to depend on the public transportation system to get to the doctor, to get to where I need to go. And they are the one who will make the decision anyhow. All we're doing here today is moving this item forward for the people in Broward County to decide whether or not they want to see this thing happen. I'm going to stay optimistic in terms of our relationships with the cities and how we work this through going forward. Because being on the MPO for a while and, and being through this process uh, from, from the start, one of the things that I, that I find, and, 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 and it's kind of moved away from it, especially at the onset, was we're going to run this parallel system only so that if Broward County doesn't get, get the item passed and get on the ballot, that we would then have this. So I believe that if they're true to their words, that they echoed at the MPO meetings that I've been to, and, I, and, I, and I'd say at least three of those meetings, it was clear that many who were saying, let's run this parallel track, would stop and say, okay, since Broward County has passed this item to go on the ballot, for the voters to decide, we will then pull back. So I, I, I am optimistic that that's what will eventually happen. Uh, I, I know in the case of Fort Lauderdale, it was quite clear that the two representatives there indicated that they're only putting this forward because if Broward County doesn't move forward, then they would at least have the opportunity to get their infrastructure tax in place. And there are other cities that indicated the same. So I'm hoping that, again, that it will live to the word that they uh, gave at our MPO meeting. <coughs> Commissioner LaMarca. Thank you, Mayor. I think we've all spoken, but there's a couple things that were covered where that piqued my my interest or, or thoughts. And, you know, number one, I appreciate the, the, the renew, renewed uh, effort of fiscal conscience by some members on this board, and I hope they'll be supporting the 1.2% decrease of the 4.2% property value increase. Um, Commissioner Ryan, the, the, the cities didn't talk about this or that it was reactionary, and I, I, I would have to agree with you. I, I've been in commission meetings in my own city where some of the members really had no idea about what, what this transportation surtax or infrastructure tax or uh, was all about, thought it was just another way to uh, raise taxes. Um, with regard to your overall thought, though, I would I would submit to you that this might have been a strategy all along. Sun Tzu tells us the element of surprise is pretty uh, pretty.
pretty powerful when winning, winning, a, uh, winning a battle. And I just, I don't think you have all these things put together at the last minute where we've been working on this for months and months and months. Um, but the, th the thir I come back to the 30-year issue. Um, if we do have infrastructure issues that need to be funded or uh, trend, you know, large capital issues that are 30 years, could we come back and reauthorize it like we did Children's Services Council? Um, I think we're not putting enough trust in the, in the voters. The, the Children's Services Council and the Broward County School Board $800 million bond both passed in a gubernatorial cycle. Typically more conservative voters come out and it passed statewide, I'm sorry, it passed uh, the Children's Services Council in Broward uh, with all three parties. And it passed that way because everybody was unified. The workshop, the uh, Chambers of Commerce, the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance were all on board. Um, and I think that's probably what's missing here. Uh, I, I, know there, I know that there's been talk that they're all on board and the, uh, the workshop's got a transportation committee and they've been very involved in this process, but I don't know if they're involved in the overall process or the city version or the county version. Uh, I, I would submit to you that if, if you told some people that you were gonna be able to see that, that comprehensive list of fire engines and fire stations and police cars and things like that. And Commissioner Wexler, I don't think there'd ever be a way to run out, run out of things to spend the money on. I don't think, come on. Um, but, the, but the idea that, and I, Commissioner Ryan, you made me make a good point that you wouldn't let both go forward, but what if the effort was there, both, both, wanted, both wanted to move forward? I mean, theoretically or uh, legally they could, Ms. Coffey, is that true? That's correct. Okay, so we'd have a one cent sales tax for the county for, I guess at that point, if they both pass, we just move ours 100% to transit and the cities would have 100% in infrastructure. But we've at least got the 30 years on ours. The cities have, a, uh, have a, a, an end date of perpetuity, right? And um, uh, is, is there a... Commissioner Lamarca, if I can ask, Ms. Coffey has been wanting to say something. Sure. Uh, may she... Uh, I, don't, I don't need to interrupt. Commissioner Lamarca can finish. Oh, as soon as... Oh, okay. And I just have one, one last point. So to, to Commissioner Holmes's point, if, if the MPO or whoever said the Broward Municipal Services District isn't a city, isn't considered a city, right? Then if their version passes, I'm, I'm assuming the folks who live in the Broward Municipal Services District wouldn't have to pay an increased sales tax. Um, uh, um, before I get to Commissioner for Ms. Coffey, would you like to say something? I just want to be sure the public and every member of the board understands that we have, the, if it's the will of the board to move forward on this, there are three different actions that would be taken. And they would all come on May 24th if this passes today. So this ordinance does not actually place any item on the ballot. It simply would levy it if the resolution passes on May 24th to place the item on the ballot. And if the ILA is ready to be presented to you on May 24th. So I just wanted everyone, assuming that it's your will to bring that to you on May 24th, as opposed to the public hearing in June, um, those all three of those items would have to come to you and be approved for it to move. Forward. And is the resolution also a simple majority or super majority? A simple. Simple. Everything simple. Got it. Uh, Commissioner Fur. Thanks, and I uh, I conclude with the mayor and Commissioner Ryan. I would not want to put both on the ballot at the same time. I don't think that makes sense. Uh, one, the that just dooms both of them. And there are needs in this county, both infrastructure and transit. The I, I had posed the same question to the to the MPO at this meeting as well because I didn't understand 
why the MPO was putting forth infrastructure when they're essentially supposed to be transportation oriented. I still don't understand that, to be honest. It doesn't, it doesn't. But I think what has happened is that cities have seen, have seen a possi the possibility here of being able to increase their budget by a large amount and by being able to take care of a lot of things that they've been wanting to take care of. I don't think they're thinking transportation. I just don't think that's what is on, because I don't think city commissioners in general, it's not in their purview, but they are looking at it as a way to take care of many other things. They will I think they will take care of their roads. I think they will look at complete streets and that kind of stuff. But I think they are also looking at funding many other things. I think that it's important for us to, to I don't. I don't see. I, I think we should go ahead and put this forth as an as an option, and on the twenty fourth, we're going to see what they do this Thursday. We can then we'll have we'll have our choice what to do on the twenty fourth, but I do think that we should be asking the MPO when they meet on Thursday, and I and I I don't know if is that a meeting where our, where you all will be at? Okay. I think that's. I think it is a place where we should be asking them to and I've already mentioned this, to consider a limited number of years that allows them to take care of a lot of things that they have right in front of them, that they want to get taken care of, if it's, a, if it's a streets, if it's whatever it is, that can also lay the basis for um, things that we, that we can then follow up with as transportation. If that's, if that's where they're going, then ask them for a limited number of years. Limited to five, between five and ten is what I would suggest and that we start to put together a, a plan. Because, I mean, there are things that I think we, that I think we have just now started to focus and, and put our focus on what we're looking at as an overall plan, the, the transportation. It is coming together now. There's still parts of it I want to see on there. I mean, I still want to see the FEC on there because those, those kind of things, and I, and I understand why it's not. Um, but I, those, kind of, those are the kind of things I do think that the public wants to see. That's a, those, those make sense to the public. And they want to see that. They want to see rapid rail where they can. They want to see how it integrates. Um, I think, well, I mean, I had a good meeting with um, Chris yesterday that, that showed um, a new kind of buses, electric buses, all kind of things that, would, that I think this public would, would, be, would look forward to seeing. Ways that it, that it uh, integrates with technology but we haven't put forth, we haven't we haven't made that sale yet. We have not put that forth in, in, in a in a compelling enough way that the cities and the rest of the public understand it. That's that's on us, and I think we need to do that at some point. But I, so I'm going to go back and say, if we I think we should go ahead and pass this, see what happens on Thursday. On Thursday, make the case for a limited number of years. One, it has a better chance of sell, of passing. Much like 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 in Marion County, four years, you see exactly what you're getting. And, and if you have a limited number of years with the cities, they can say exactly what they're going to do. It's a lot of jobs. There, there's some, you know, we can look at that aspect of it, and and work with them if we have to, um, to 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 suggest what what would uh, provide the foundation for a really good transportation network, and ask them to work, you know, where, when, and where those infrastructure needs can be met, put those into that, put those into play. So that's where I'm at today. Commissioner Wexler. That's nice, but it doesn't really work that way. 
as if it was a really friendly, perfect world. Um, good luck to you all on Thursday. Um, the MPO, to the best of my knowledge, never passed an infrastructure resolution. Did they? No. no. I didn't think so. So asking them to amend a resolution that doesn't exist in their body is, doesn't make, it's impossible because it doesn't exist. The resolutions as passed by 69% of the population of however many cities that represents does specifically say in it, actually there's nothing specific in it about nothing. It doesn't say what that city is going to do other than spend it on infrastructure. But it does say it doesn't have any sunset. It has no end. It goes on forever. Now, I've been following the Palm Beach one real closely, and the Palm Beach one has been teams of people working together, and, that, and they're not even sure if that's going to pass to get on the ballot. But in that case, the cities are getting, of that infrastructure tax, 18.5%. 18.5%. But it's being shared with who? The school board the county, the arts, economic development. There's something in it for everybody, which is part of, if you want a successful sale, there needs to be a hook for everybody. So when I read that resolution that passed these cities, I, I, I don't know what is in it. I mean, why would anybody support forever? And. And, and, and then to go up a penny countywide and then to know what real transportation needs there are in Broward County to bring us in th th this, next, this next decade, it, 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 who's going to go to eight cents? Who? Nobody's going to want to do that. Nobody. So what? So we're okay with the cities doing what the cities are doing? No. Personally, I am going to continue to support this. And if they both die when it's on the ballot, then it both dies when it's on the ballot and you start with a clean slate. I won't be here. You all will. You won't be here either. <laughs> but most of you will be here. And then it's a matter of putting that olive branch out there and saying, look, individually, we have no power. We have nothing together maybe we can make this happen. Because that's, what's, that, that's where we're coming to. We're coming to a place where it's going to be why it shouldn't be. Listen, I support this. A lot of work went into this. There is a real 40-year plan, a, 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 a plan that's in place, and, and the county has done its part. Do we need to go out there and sell it? Should we have gone to every city that had a resolution on the ballot? Yeah, we probably should have to explain it. We didn't. But to have the MPO go there and for them to talk in support of an infrastructure tax versus a transportation tax boggles my mind too, Commissioner Holness. I, I just, I, I, I don't have an explanation for something like that. I really don't. And, and I don't know how they could possibly, and if they were to ever 
Miss Miss Coffee, if they were to decide to put a end time on it, say fifteen years, twenty years, they'd have to go back and modify the resolution in every city, wouldn't they? They would, and in looking at the statute, um, and I didn't think so, I didn't think infrastructure taxes could go on forever. There, there's been a revision in the law. I oh. think they they don't have a fifteen year limit, but I. I I also haven't explored this fully, but the statute also requires that the ballot item actually describe the projects that are to be um, funded through an infrastructure tax, and that would have to be in an ordinance adopted by this board. So just give you that for your further thought. Say that again? <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, the, it, this it, board it's a peculiarity of the statute. Yes, the, the statute... Um, requires that um, that you put it on the ballot if the requisite number of cities representing the requ requisite amount of the population um, uh, votes to put it on the ballot. But the ballot has to include a brief general description of the projects to be funded by the surtax. That can be fairly generic, but I don't think it can just say the word infrastructure. Um, and in addition, um, well, I don't want to go too far yeah, today, but, I, but there I, are more I, details to infrastructure right. than simply having the vote of the city. Because I don't recall seeing in the resolutions, and I know you read the resolutions too, project specific or no, even general or, language specific other I, than the word infrastructure. That's why I raised that issue. Yeah. Thank you. Seeing uh, nobody else asking to speak, um, I'm going to give Commissioner Ryan the opportunity to close on the item. For purposes of of this morning's vote, I ask uh, if all of the members will will vote in the affirmative to allow for the publication of, uh, of a notice. And uh, let's see where we go in the next couple of weeks. Um, I just want to repeat that uh, regional connectivity is written throughout the MPO 2040 plan. It is stated um, repeatedly in the, both the plan and the vision of uh, the Florida Department of Transportation. Uh, experts uniformly recognize that transportation is a regional uh, and it's, it goes to the core of what regionalism is uh, in a metropolitan area. Uh, it's rather short-sighted that um, some cities may suggest, well, if I don't have more money that's funding local roadways, in, in my city, then I can't support this. When in fact, the residents, whether you're in Weston or Parkland or Sunrise, Coral Springs, you drive back and forth throughout this county, often to work, to school, to events, and this idea that transportation stops at municipal boundaries is, um, is just incorrect. Uh, hopefully, um, some folks that um, are engaged in transportation issues will go back and read the 2040 um, plan of the MPO and, and recognize the consistencies with what we're trying to accomplish here. Uh, again, whether we end up putting this on the ballot or not, uh, I don't think that all is lost. Uh, the discussion was, was very um, enlightening, and, um, but it's going to take more. It's going to take the business community to, to do more than just issue papers saying that uh, a dedicated funding source for transportation is needed. 
Uh, they, they need to uh, step up in a leadership role and, um, and tell the local elected officials uh, whether or not they're supportive of this. And so with that, I urge a vote in the affirmative on item 21. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Uh, with that said, all in favor uh, of uh, on item number 21 signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? No. Oh, I'm sorry, there was no motion. Is there a motion? Commissioner Ryan? I move the item. There's been a motion, a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? No. Show the item passes six to three. We're now moving on to item number 23, which is uh, from Commissioner Bogan. And it is a motion to direct the county administrator to prepare competitive procurement uh, per, uh, for, for, uh, with regard to a voluntary emergency loan program open for county, county employees. And there is a member of the public wishing to speak, but before that, I'm going to ask Commissioner Bogan to open on his item. Yes, uh, this item is, is about protecting consumers and protecting our employees, and that's what item 23 is all about. I, I'd like to just start out with a uh, Sun Sentinel article that came out April 22nd, 2016, and the Sun Sentinel uh, made four interesting points regarding payday lenders. First of all, the annual percentage rate is 278% on a 14-day loan. Many lenders advertise rates of more than 300%. From 2005 to 2015, the number of payday loans increased from 4.6 million to 8 million, and 2.5 billion have been paid in fees by borrowers. And if Broward County employee wants to get an immediate loan, they should certainly first try a bank. They should go to a credit union. Uh, Mr. Lukic gave us some great other suggestions in a memo today. All are great suggestions. However, there are many employees that can't go to any of these. And, um, and if you want to go to a credit union, first of all, which was a suggestion, you have to be a member or you have to wait 90 days. The loan rate for a credit union is 18.99%, and the rates proposed while it says 23%, really comes down, equates to 16%, and I'll talk about that for a second. Um, the company that I have met talks about their program, which is non-compounding, no interest on interest, simple interest on a declining balance. Let's not forget tw credit cards. When you pull out your credit card, I'm holding here a credit card statement from City Cards, which charges 22.24% for somebody with very good credit. So who in South Florida values this program? First of all, here in Broward, the Broward County Public Schools with over 24,000 employees, Jackson Health with over 8,000 employees, Seminole County Public Schools with over 7,000 employees, 38 cities in South Florida and many nonprofits, including the United Way, all for protecting and providing an option for employees who need emergency money. So what are the negatives? First negative I've heard is, well, the government shouldn't be in, involved in collecting money for for-profit for entities. And my answer to that is we're not collecting any money. Instead of giving a dollar, wire a dollar to somebody, we wire 70 cents and divert 30 cents. The second negative was, well, there may be costs involved in this. And the answer is the company that I met with, maybe others, will put, provide and pay for all the costs. So, and, and the, actually even this company would even put up a deposit for cost. So there's no downside in cost for the county. 
You're protecting the consumers. And if you look at Dan Reynolds' letter, which is part of the information I gave, it's very, I'd like to read one sentence where he says that people who live paycheck to paycheck shouldn't be taken advantage of just because of their past financial challenges. There's over 120 payday loan stores in South Florida. It's on in your literature. There are more than probably AT&T mobile stores or T-Mobile stores because they're making so much money at charging 242 to 300% interest rates on people who cannot afford it. So I asked my county commission to approve this to help those in need and um, I'll leave it to you, Marty. Thank you, Mr. Bogan. There are three public speakers uh, here. The first is Russell Rand. Mr. Rand, you have, of course, three minutes. Three minutes, of course. Um, I'm in favor of the item. Uh, I think it's a good idea, and um, I'm tired of predatory lending myself. And uh, technically, of course, I'm still a county employee pending the arbitration. Um, when I was hired 42 years ago, I had to sell blood plasma and things to get by um, uh, until I got a paycheck and whatnot. And there were times that I fell behind in a lot of things, and the credit union is a great source and all. Um, but being that I'm on a fixed income uh, that's been reduced 50% and all, I've been on very hard times myself. I, last year, I haven't had a paycheck, so I had to pawn some jewelry, and that was like, 50% a month or something, 25%, and it's 300, you know, it's huge, it's huge stuff. So um, I think this is a good uh, good measure that, that moves forward and all, and uh, uh, I could use a loan too, you know. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Uh, the next person is Tom McCormick. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, uh, Madam Vice Mayor, Commissioners, Senior Staff. I appreciate the opportunity. I won't repeat uh, some of the information that you have before you, the materials, and afterwards I'm happy to answer any questions anyone might have. Um, you know, the, the, the map is probably the most uh, convincing uh, document that, we, that we've run across. That you can get from the Keys to Martin County without getting your feet wet. It's walking from payday lender to payday lender. They, our program is not intended to help all county employees. Candidly, most county employees don't need our option because most county employees have the option of going into a mainstream bank or credit union. But for the, and I'll answer the auditor's question about uh, what uh, percentage of folks you might expect to participate. For the 10 to 15 percent or so to participate, this saves them money. It improves their financial quality of life. Uh, Leon County, 10.8. Broward Schools, 10.2 percent. Miami, 12%. City of Fort Lauderdale, 9%. Jackson Health, 18%. Miami Beach City employees, 9.9%. It's a relatively modest percentage, but in a large organization like yours, those hundreds and hundreds of people, it's a way of life. The payday lenders try to tell you that they charge 10%, and they do. They charge 10% every two weeks, over and over and over. As you, as you may have seen in the Sun Sentinel article, 70% of folks go more than five times a year. 53%, more than half of the people that go to a payday lender go more than 12 times a year. It's an unreal trap. They get you in. Our program is at a small fraction of the cost, 
as Commissioner Bogan pointed out, it's competitive with, in many cases, cheaper than what somebody would pay on a cash advance. But again, addressing another point that the auditor made, it is not a good program unless it's comprehensive and coordinated. Every single enrolling employee, if we have the good luck, fortune to move forward with you all, every single one will be presented with the welcome screen. And we will direct, we do this in other places, we just did this in Seminole County Public Schools, where we have the website, a link, and the 800 number for the local credit union. We will direct every enrolling employee to go there. We do not compete with them. For the minority of folks that can't get approved there, we stand ready to keep them out of these predatory lenders. This is always, at our 38 other public sector clients, this is always a great big deal at the beginning because it's, it's, it's new to you all, you haven't seen it before, uh, and people have legitimate concerns about the administration. But, but my fervent belief is that a couple of years from now, uh, your administration will be a, 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 a reference for us, as, as we have from other counties and participating employers. The administrative effort is ours. The cost is ours. The agreement we offer to employers is cancelable at your right. Um, we will do right by you, and we will do right by your people. And, uh, and again, we'd be honored to uh, have the privilege to prove that to you over time. With that being said, I stand ready to answer any questions. Thank you all. Thank you. Uh, uh, Mr. Friedman. Oh, Just I'm sure. Um, well, again, if it's okay, Commissioner Wexler. I'm wave, waving my time, thank so you. Uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, well, we're going to come back to the dais, and um, I'm going to start with Commissioner Wexler, who I believe has some questions for you, Mr. McCormick. Of course. Yes, I do. I have a thank couple you, of questions. Um, your interest rate is 23.9. Let me set up a hypothetical. I need, I, I, I need $500 mm -hmm. and I need it now mm -hmm. and I don't get paid for two weeks and I need it now mm -hmm. and I have no other way to get it, mm -hmm. right? That's sure. the individual. Sure. So I go, I set it up, give me my $500. Mm -hmm. The interest rate on that $500 is how much? 23.99%. Right, right. But the point about the interest rate that's important is that it's simple interest. So remember, compounding interest is very good on an investment or a savings right. vehicle. It's very right. bad on a loan. I understand that. So, I so the cost would be less than that because you pay it off over time. That's where the $160 or 16% uh, figure Commissioner Bogan mentioned. Is that typical that it's paid off over time? It, it is 100% it is, it, it is typical. And when somebody comes and gets that $500 loan, they set up at that point that I want how much a week? Every two weeks, it'd be flat installments over the period of, of time. how much? It, they have the choice of from six months up to two years. How much is deducted? Uh, it depends on, on what. a $500 loan? A $500 loan would be, four, uh, if they did a two-year loan, it would be $14 biweekly, right? So l let, me give, let me explain. If, you, if I can do a $1,000 loan, because I memorized it, if you don't mind. If I do right, $1,000 loan. let's do $1,000 if you memorize it. If you did $1,000 loans and paid it off over one year, right. at the end of the year, you would have paid $1,160. You would have paid off the loan in full, the $1,000 you borrowed, plus a total cost of $160. All in, total cost, simple interest. Can you pay in advance? Anytime, no penalty whatsoever. You can pay in a day, a week, a year. Right. You can pay it all off. You can pay half of it off, anytime whatsoever. If you approve for, let's say your credit score is such that today you're not able to get approved at the credit union of the bank, but six months from now you are, perhaps in part because we report the on-time payments to the Bureau. 
you could pay it off that day. Basically, no. you're interested in one thing, that they're a county employee. Yeah, that, yes, ma'am. We have a number, as you'll see, of charitable or not-for-profit employers, but the overwhelming majority are public sector employees. But it, with the item that's before us today, which is the Board of County Commissioners, yes, you would be interested in one thing, that they are a county employee as a qualifier. Yes, ma'am. Right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And if they cease to be a county employee, so let's say they were to voluntary or involuntary separate in, a, in six months. Then what? No liability whatsoever for the employer. That risk is 0% yours, 100% ours. Does the 23.99% interest and the deal stay the same it for the It never employee? changes. There are no late fees, no penalty rates. It never changes under any circumstances for any employee current or prior. Okay. Ever. So when I looked at, and the reason I used $500, thank you very much. Um, I, when I, the reason I'm using $500 is part of your backup for Exhibit 3 is from Amscot, and it, it shows a $500 loan, and the finance charge is $51, which is about 10% or so of that total. But your math, of course, no, I don't need your backup there, I'm good, I, I, I got this, is, is um, compounded probably daily. No, not from Amscot? Oh, from Amscot. Yeah, from Amscot. That's why it's so high. How, how, when is it compounded? Amscot charges a flat $51 for every two-week period. Period, 51, 51, 51. So why do you have 265%? Because that's, that's exactly what that rate is annualized. 10% times 26 to, in, in a year is about 260%. So the 51% is the finance charge, what if the individual wants it, 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 so if they want to pay it back in two payments? They cannot. They have. That's the, the, so explain that If they me. pay $51 every single two weeks, for period. It's due in full in two weeks, $51 for two weeks, but more than half the people go more than 12 times per year. The racket, the predatory payday lenders bar lend you the same money over and over and over and over again and they charge you $51 each time. So a predatory lender would stand here and say, I charge 10%. And it's true. He charges 10% every two weeks. We'd pay, we charge 23.99 per year. It's 1% every two weeks. Ours is at a 12th of the cost under, under any math whatsoever. The predatory payday lenders lie and pretend it is a once in a blue moon uh, product and it is a debt trap. Once you're caught, you can't get out. Okay. so. I think that it's one of the tools in our toolbox, Commissioner Bogan. I, I'm ready to support moving forward on a competitive procurement and after conversation tomorrow, yesterday, not tomorrow, yesterday <laughs> with Ms. Henry, I hope not tomorrow. Um, I, I, I know you've had conversations with the credit union and they are, you are a for-profit, right? You are a for-profit. Credit union is a not-for-profit status? Yes. I think that it's imperative for us to scope out what it is that we really want. And if they are the game in town, then you get it. I think it's an option. And this is, this is what we said in my office when we met weeks ago and a year and a half ago. I, I, I'm very, um, I'm not comfortable buying off of another government entity's procurement because I don't know that it has the elements that we'd be looking for in ours. So I'd really rather that we just competitively bid it and see what the response is and let them come forward and respond. And, you know, that's one of your options here. It was an or. And, and I'm willing to support that. 
I would move it with that. If that's um, if I'm the only speaker. I... Before we have that, we have a commissioner Holness on the queue. Commissioner Holness. Yeah, thanks. I, I uh, fortunately I've never had to get a payday loan or to pawn anything that I have, uh, and I, I think a big piece of of it is to to basically adapt to what your means are uh, in terms of your expenditure. Uh, my question for you is, in terms of the financial financial literacy training component of this, because I think that a big part of what end up happening to folks is that they're not able to to control their finances to the extent and, and, and to cut back where they need to and, 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 and make the adjustments that are necessary so they don't end up in, in, in a, a, a situation where they, they're, they're having to pawn uh, or go to payday lender uh, that is extremely exorbitant and, and end up driving them further in debt and, and, and in poverty uh, as a result of uh, taking on these debts. So this is, this is a good option. But I want to hear about that because part of what we probably will need to do is assist these folks to get to the point where uh, they become uh, better savers and, and, and better money managers. Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Holders. So the financial literacy education program is part and parcel of our program, and we would highly encourage the county to take advantage of it. It's offered at no cost to the county itself, and of course it's offered at no cost to county employees. To describe the program, I'll, and I can uh, leave a copy behind, but I'll just read excerpts from our, a letter from our most recent county client, Leon County in Tallahassee. Very quickly, on behalf of Leon County, thank you for the outstanding job you did with the financial literacy classes you delivered to our, delivered to our employees. Your real-life examples and stories kept everyone's interest up. Leon County is very impressed that BMG not only offers the Loans at Work program to help our employees when they have a financial crisis, but you're committed to educating them on how to avoid them in the future. It has been an absolute delight to work with BMG. There is no reason not to co combine immediate help for an acute problem. My car blew up, I need to fix it or I can't get to work with long-term improvement so people can find themselves in a better way. If you go to Yahoo Finance and, and you ask, how do I improve my credit score, they have the very unhelpful advice of telling you, it's simple, just get a loan and pay it off. Well, it's just that simple, but sometimes life gets in the way and if you have a, a weak credit score, it's very hard to do that. With our program, you get credit based on your employment and we report every account every month to the credit bureau. The financial literacy is the long-term help that, that we can use the acute issue to drive people to seek these resources. And by the way, that financial literacy program is offered to all employees, irrespective of whether they participate in our program or not. It can be done online, it can be done at the union headquarters, it can be done on site, mm -hmm. lunch and learns, before shift, after shift, very important aspect. Thank you, Commissioner. Of that that could be made available to the general public uh, yes so uh, interestingly um, the program we offer is modeled on what's called the FDIC's money smart program uh, in years past a lot of folks government churches others were doing financial literacy programs but unfortunately they didn't necessarily know what they were talking about so the FDIC did this fantastic curriculum that they published called money smart it's excellent the problem with it is it's like 16 hours to complete so what we've done is we've taken the, the best and most relevant parts, combine that. Uh, candidly, we'll share it with you now, right? We'll share it with you now, no matter what. But of course, this is the kind of program that is not only relevant for employees, but it's relevant for citizens of Broward County. 
The problem is when you talk about the, pr the pervasive problems of the pay predatory payday lenders, all you read about is despair. There's nothing we can do about this. And at least for the public sector, there is something we can do. Education and regulation work a lot around the edges. But at the end of the day, if the, if the guy's car blew up and he can't get to work, he's going to go to Amscot unless we give him something alternative, uh, which is socially responsible and reasonably priced. Yes. Thank you. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the idea that a 23% loan is going to be 16%. Uh, is somewhat deceptive, uh, as, as, as are the uh, payday lenders. It's still costing me 23%. I don't need you to answer that. It's still costing me 23%. But because I'm paying the balance off. It's 160 bucks, yes, but that's not 16% because I didn't owe you 1,000 bucks for the entire year. If I'd owed you the whole thousand bucks for the entire year, I'd have to pay you 230 bucks. So <laughs> that kind of language, I, I, it's not comfortable for me when, 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 when someone is selling like that, okay? I mean, give me the facts and, 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 and it's, because folks who are probably not as, understanding of this will think, oh yeah, well I'm only paying 16%. No, you're paying 23%, but you pay the 23% of the declining balance, which costs you less than 230 bucks, but it still costs you 23% of the money you owe every time you make a payment. Uh, I'm gonna add my name as a co-sponsor to this, because I think that comparing to the alternative that exists for many people uh, all over Broward County, including many in my district. Uh, my district having a, a higher percentage of poverty and, and a lower uh, medium income at 17,000 compared to 28,000 is, is, is deeply affected by this. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm going to hold you to sharing that program uh, with the community at large. If we're, you said whether or not we do this you're going to do that? This week. Okay, fine. Uh, so with that, I, I will add support and, and, and as a co-sponsor to this also. Uh, Commissioner Bogan, would you like to close or move the item? Or was, oh, Commissioner Lamarca. I, I just wanted to weigh in on one thing. The, the, the motion to direct, and I met with Mr. McCormick as well, and it was very helpful, but is to, is to prepare a competitive procurement. I know Commissioner Wexler mentioned not just piggybacking somebody else's procurement because they did it. Um, this is a better product than what's out there. And I know what the, the county administrator is having a little bit of concern over, and that is us doing the collection piece of it. But if you look at, a lot of times you look at a credit card, even if it's 10 or 12 or 13% uh, purchasing or purchases, the cash advances usually could be 2019, 20, 21, 22, 23 or more. Um, there are some cards, store cards out there. Matter of fact, the new, the new name of the build, of uh, what this building used to be is 23.99% if you buy a pair of pants. So if you don't pay those, pay those pants off over the course of one month, those pants, that sale that you thought you were getting a great deal on those pants, uh, no, they're a lot more, so you, as, as much as 24%. So that's not a cash purchase, that, that's, a, that's a, a goods purchase. 
which considering looking at this is, is just cash and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're using it on, uh, I'm going to support the item as well and, and let's uh, go through the proper uh, procedure and put it in procurement. Commissioner Bogan. I'm ready to move it. There's second. been a motion and a second. Uh, all in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? So item number 23 passes unanimously. We're now moving on to our supplemental items. Yes, the procurement piece of, uh, of 23 passes unanimously. Uh, we're now moving on to item number 26, um, which is a motion to discuss potential amendments to section 40.33 of the Broward County Code of Ordinances to clarify the required fees in connection with the operation of elevators. This was um, sponsored by Commissioner Bogan. There are no public speakers on the matter. Uh, so Commissioner Bogan, would you like to take it away? Sure. Uh it says elevators, but I want to talk about auto repair scams. And the reason I want to talk about auto repair scams is because I'm going to lead up to what's going on in the elevator industry. As we all know that auto repair scams have been in the newspapers on ripping off consumers for many years. People bring in their cars and they're told something's wrong with the car. And when in fact, um, you know, we find out that there's many repair shops who are honest and many who are dishonest. And uh, it's been in the news for decades. Well, let's welcome the, the elevator industry. And I want to talk to you real quickly about it. Uh, every commercial building that has an elevator, every condominium that has an elevator, um, has an elevator company generally that maintains those elevators. And I'll tell you two quick stories. One is, these are true stories. An elevator broke, and uh, the owner of the elevator company, uh, the owner of the building brought in the elevator company and said, what's wrong with my elevator? And they said, it's a $15,000 part. And they called in a second elevator company, and it was a $500 part. Um, so the $500 part actually was replaced, and the company that tried to charge them $15,000 was fired. Um, this happens a great deal. And how do I know this? Um, I know this not only from experience as a lawyer representing condo associations, but um, I'm very well um, affiliated with the president of an elevator union in a major city, not here in Florida, who tells me of all the atrocities that have gone on with elevator companies. Again, there are some honest companies, and I'm aware of many honest companies, but this is all, there are many dishonest companies. Another scam that goes on in this industry is all the elevators are maintained. I think even this building here, I was told by Lenny that we have an elevator contract with a company that's supposed to come in on a monthly basis and maintain the elevators. It's supposed to lube it and do all these different things, the elevators, and they have so much business, many companies, they can't possibly get to each building every month. So they're charging property owners, condo owners, commercial property owners money for services that are never performed. So my two items here have nothing to do, it has to do with other payments. I'm going to withdraw this, and I'm going to come back with more substantive changes and amendments that I hope this commission will listen to and move forward to try to protect people who own property owners and consumers. So I'm withdrawing this item today. Um, Commissioner, oh, it's 27 as well. I'm, with, I'm withdrawing both of them uh, because when I come back with the elevator, I want to come back with a substantive, entire, complete piece. Okay. So since those items are now withdrawn, we have uh, one more item, which is a, uh, item number 28, which is a motion. It made you listen, right? <laughs> we have uh, one more item, uh, which um, you know I sponsored, and it's a motion to discuss the uh, untimely proposal in bid sync and remedies, if any, uh, at, you know, about it. And let me just quickly explain, and there are a number of folks uh, wanting to speak on the matter. 
I thought it was important to put this before the County Commission today because we can't discuss matters like this. And, and I think this is one that, that uh, deserves discussion. Um, it's my understanding, and I met, I'm sure most of us did, I met with uh, Cartier and Associates yesterday. I also met with Mr. Friedman, and I also spoke to county staff on this matter. And my understanding of the facts are um, the way that folks submit bids now, it's basically online through BidSync. And under the county's rules, it has to be in by 5 p.m. or else it's not accepted. And uh, Cartier and Associates, along with Mr. Friedman, provided documentation to me that I submitted as backup which showed that prior to 5 p.m., uh, around 4.59, uh, their proposal was uploaded onto BidSync. Uh, and then, they, I guess they had assumed it was uh, submitted. Uh, there is a button that usually pops up to confirm. And I guess the, for some reason or another, the button was, was not pushed. It may not have been there, it wasn't pushed. Nobody really knows exactly what occurred. Um, and for me personally, I believe this is a matter of fairness. It appears that the bid was uh, at least uploaded prior uh, to 5 p.m. And so I believe that the county commission can make a policy determination as to whether or not we would, uh, we would like it to go forward. Um, it should also be noted that uh, I put also in my backup material uh, information showing the timeline uh, that um, Cartaya and Associates provided to me. And I do want to mention that even though it says 3 p.m. or 3.59 p.m., um, it's two hours beforehand because uh, it was mountain time. So it's actually you just have to add two hours onto each thing. And then county administration also submitted information as backup material as well from their communications with BidSync. Um, prior to uh, bringing up uh, the speakers, um, actually, we'll have the uh, we'll let the, the public speak as well. But I think also Miss Billingsley may want to uh, speak on this matter uh, as well. But let's let's go with the public first uh, on the matter. And so we have, uh, and then we'll come back to the county commission and, and we'll make a decision. The first person on on the queue is Mario Cartaya. Uh, Mr. Cartaya, under our rules, you have three minutes to speak. Thank you all for allowing us to come here today and speak with you. Uh, I appreciate the work that county's procurement staff does every day, day in, day out. Uh, I know that it is not an easy job. Uh, and I hope that me coming here today is not taken as being adversarial in any way. I, that is not my intent. I just want to be heard. The fact, that, the fact is that prior to the submittal deadline of 5 p.m., all required submittals were uploaded in the BitSync system. Uh, BitSync has admitted to this irrefutable fact. They had it. They have a, an email uh, that was sent by Joshua Hunziker, who I'm sure that you all have a copy, in which he, he admits that he had it in time. Whether or not a button was pushed is really an issue of form over substance. Uh, we went through the system. Uh, we pushed uh, uh, submit. Uh, we went back. We checked. The, uh, as, as soon as we found out that uh, it had not been received, uh, Deborah uh, in my office pushed submit a second time. Why would she sub do it twice before the 5 o'clock deadline if there, if there was a confirm button? That is an issue. Uh, but the fact is that 
Regardless, BitSync had our entire submittal prior to 5 p.m. Since BitSync had possession of our entire submittal prior to the submittal deadline, the fear that other applicants would protest is not plausible because we're not asking for anything special. You know, we're not asking for anything that you wouldn't have normally done had you had the books in your hand at 4.59. So if they had it and if you would accept it, it would not give rise, uh, we don't think, to any other applicants who would uh, protest that we had any special treatment. Uh, you also allowing our submittal to move forward does not give us any unfair advantage because this is not a selection. This is just for us, for our submittal, to be evaluated by the same uh, evaluation team that is going to be submitting the other people who were successful in, in, uh, in uh, doing the entire thing. Um, so I thank you again for letting me come here, and I'll be available to answer any questions that you might. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Mr. Cartaya. Uh, the next speaker is uh, Bernie Friedman. Thank you very much, uh, Mayor and Commissioners. I just want to point out just a very few quick points, and then we're here to answer questions. The code allows, in 21.6, waiver of the code, the board may waive all or specific provisions of the procurement code for good cause prior to the solicitation of offers or may waive specific provisions of this procurement code as in the best interest of the county at any point in the procurement. Replete throughout the whole code and I think throughout the procurement process is the notion that the county wants to foster the most competition humanly possible. And I think by getting the most competition, you get the best benefit for the taxpayers. Here we have a situation that is clear. In bid sync, in a lockbox, sits the Cartaya proposal. It was completely uploaded prior to the deadline of 5 p.m. We will never know whether or not we got the button that said confirm or we didn't get the button that said confirmed. Deborah, who was here from Cartaya, never saw the button to confirm. Why would she have spent all day long frantically uploading hundreds of pages of documents? I mean, if you look at the log, uh, there's tons of stuff that was being uploaded and sent to BidSync without, you know, wanting to hit a confirm button. So, I mean, I, I think that it's clear that BidSync has the document and basically um, it's unclear as to whether or not there was an anomaly, whether or not there was a glitch, whether or not there was a computer software failure, or whether or not she didn't see the confirm button. She claims that she didn't see the confirm button. Finally, there's no gain or unfair competitive advantage to anybody here. We didn't see the other proposals. Our proposal is in a lockbox. It's not like we're looking at everyone else's proposals. We didn't look at anyone else's proposals. Nobody here is getting an unfair competitive advantage. The county can waive the code clearly for minor irregularities. This, we claim, is form over substance, and we urge you to foster competition. This is a policy issue, and we're here to answer questions. Thank you very much. Uh, there's one more speaker, and that would be Russell Rand. I don't have a dog in this food fight, obviously, but it reminds me of some things uh, that I've encountered in the county over the years, like uh, my lab manager sets up the equipment and goes through the program, and then he goes to Wyoming for a month, and then one thing led to another. Long story short, 
when you go through the program, it says ready to start. I didn't push the start button. So Russell, yeah. if you could stay with the topic, I'd appreciate it. It's uh, uh, time, time, oh, Kronos. Thank you. Kronos, right, time? Sure. No, uh, we, it, it is about the, about the item, if it's okay. Right, well, it's pushing yes. button. It's, it's, a, yes. it's a time Absol thing. Absolutely. Kronos. Um, and I have similar difficulties when they didn't have a Kronos system or a time clock. But um, anyway, there's only two rules in the county. There's the selective enforcement of the rule, rule, and there's the exception to the rule, rule. And the exception applies for exceptional people, special. Thank you. Thank you, Russell. I, I appreciate your, uh, thank you. Um, we're now, uh, before we come back to the county commission, uh, I believe that uh, Ms. Billingsley, would she like to address us on this matter, Ms. Henry? Ms. Billingsley. Ms. Billingsley will walk us through what the process is and how it works. And uh, that's just information for this board to weigh uh, along with uh, the information um, that was presented by uh, Mr. Kataya. And Mr. Kataya, we certainly do not consider your presence here today being adversarial. We understand that you, you would like to be heard, so it's not a problem. So Ms. Billingsley, please. Good afternoon. Uh, commissioners, I wanted to go through the process of uh, how submittals are done through BitSync. But first of all, I wanted to commend uh, well, Mr. Kataya for what he said, that we do offer a fair and open and transparent procurement process. So included in our solicitation document, we offer submittal instructions to our vendors, which clearly states that the vendor must submit electronically through BitSync. And there's some additional information that's included in here that state that the, it's the vendor's sole responsibility to assure that the response is submitted and received through BitSync. We further state in the solicitation document that all files are uploaded and must be submitted and confirmed its offer by entering a password into BitSync. So we offer the um, submittal instructions to all of our vendors to make sure that they understand fully how to submit through BitSync. This advertisement was posted in BitSync on April the 8th at 1.09 p.m. And it closed on April 27th, 2016 at 5 p.m. It's clearly stated in the solicitation document as to the time frames. What we gathered from BitSync is the um, bidder's response activity report. And we so collected that from all of the vendors that submitted. And if you have the submittal from it goes through all of the details, when they viewed the document, when documents were uploaded, and he's absolutely correct. There are two pages of documents where they submitted continuously different types or forms of documents. But if you go down to the very last page is where there seemed to be some issue. They viewed the document at about five, or there was a uh, document upload at 5.59 and 52 seconds, which means that they only had eight seconds to go through the, uh, the final process of confirming their order, putting in their password, and confirming the order. So between those eight seconds, if they had the item open, it doesn't necessarily mean they would still get to confirm the order. It's like, imagine a vault. At five o'clock and one second left, 
that vault closes. So whether you have the document open or not, it won't allow you to confirm. So the button, the confirm button, is actually deactivated. You cannot, you cannot submit past 5 o'clock. So it clearly states all of the attempts that they made to upload and view the document and save particular documents, but it does not show that she was able to confirm because it was after 5 o'clock that she confirmed. And we further went and looked at the others who did submit on time, and it shows that they all, the other, the remainder four, they viewed the documents, they submitted their documents, and then they confirmed. And through that confirmation, you must submit your password in order to confirm the order. So if their item was open on her desk, it would not allow her to press the confirm button because it was after 5 o'clock. And I, I went a little bit further with BitSync. I, I did ask for clarification regarding the comments that had been made. And, you know, I, I just want to read into the record what Josh Hunsaker indicated to us, that when he did speak with Kataya, he informed them that that their offer had been uploaded. It had been submitted into the system. That is a true statement. But he also confirmed that he told them that he, they had not confirmed the order. And in order for the order to be confirmed, they would have had to put their password in, press confirm, and then it comes over to the county. So it's in this lockbox or in this vault, but we never received it. Thank you, Ms. Billingsley. Sure. Um, we're going to now come back to the county commission, and the first on the queue is Commissioner Wexler. I had asked a couple of questions of um, Mr. Miller yesterday, which I'm sure, <clears throat> and legal yesterday, after speaking to Mr. Kataya. And part, one question you already answered about, um, he stated that, that slide number 18, or question number 18, and this document here that I'm holding up, was not, I don't think this was, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is because I don't think it was submitted as backup and I'm sorry that it wasn't. It's oh, actually, dear. it's actually what the submitter sees. It's question number 17 and question number 18. And question number 17, I'm going to pass this around so you can actually see it. Question number 17 is um, the word submit. And then question number 18 is a password and the word confirm. That's correct. And it's part of the screen. And Mr. Kataya claimed that that was not on their screen. And I asked you all I, and, and was corresponding with you last evening, um, had you gotten an answer from Joshua or anyone else at BidSync as to if that was possible? And the answer really is after five, it disappears. After five, that you cannot press the confirm button nor enter your password. And since it was 20 seconds before, and when they realized that, it, I, I'm thinking, you know, if there was a technology glitch, is there something? And I, I, I'm not getting there. So the next thing that I wanted to know was, and I don't know that this was sent out to us either. You made reference to it. In the bid documents, because say you have that document and you're filling it out and you're pushing it and saving it in the lockbox, submitting it to the lockbox, 
And you, some, some vendors work on it for days. That's correct. And submit. Some do it. They started early, early that morning submitting to that lockbox. Lock so I wanted to know, okay, if you've never done this before and you push submit and you don't realize that there's the word confirm with your password, does that make sense? I was almost there until... Mr. Miller pointed out to me that in the documents of directions of how to do this, item number seven in there, That's correct. which is at the part of the bid documents, not the forms to be filled out, but the bid documents themselves actually say, after all files have been uploaded, vendor must submit and confirm its offer by entering a password for offer to be received through BidSync. Then I tried something else, because I want to be fair and I want to try to help. Is BidSync, when it's received in this lockbox, and I told you I was asking this legal question, the of is BidSync an actual representative of the county? If it's in that lockbox, does that mean the it's, it's, it, it is holding it for the county? And the answer that came back was, no, it's not. And it's not because they are under contract to provide a service as they do for countless other government entities. And as such, it doesn't come to the county until the password and confirm is activated. Um, is that correct? Commissioner okay. Wexler, before Ms. Billingsley answers, would you make a motion to extend for 15 minutes? Of course, moved. To extend for 15 minutes. There's been a motion, a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show we're extended for 15 minutes. Thank you. How many other proposals got in on time? And, Four. And pushed confirmed? Four? Four, yes. I, I am struggling here trying to find any way to waive the code. Just because he's a guy, nice guy, which he is, that does good work at the county, doesn't get me to the defensibility of that. And for me, the problem really is in the directions that indicate on the front end, number seven, if they had read the directions, then they would have known that they had to do that as well, not just the submit. And then you have correspondence here from Joshua that indicates, which was submitted by you, Mayor, that they successfully uploaded their attachments prior to 5 p.m. But then they go ahead in the second document, which is also submitted, I believe, by the mayor, that what happened was the vendor got the documents uploaded with a few seconds left to spare, but didn't confirm their offer by clicking on the review response button um, at the bottom of the offer page. And after Joshua talked to the vendor, they said they did not know that they needed to confirm their offer. They likely would not have had time because there was only 20 seconds left, but that isn't really for them to judge. That's correct. And so that's why I tried to pull your legal counsel into this conversation and into the documentation of if they were, if they were us, then I could I could identify a cause. I could, I could actually say, well, okay, it was within the county's um, 
hold or receipt within the county's receipt, but it's not. It's in this lockbox, which they could retrieve. They could retrieve from that lockbox. It's my understanding and, that they can't. No, no, no. Once they push submit. Oh, when they, after they. Not after they do confirm. Okay, I thought you meant after they No, confirm. no. Once it's confirmed, it's, it tra travels to the county. Yes, that's correct. They can't change it. No. But once, but submit puts it in this virtual lockbox. That they can retrieve it from and make changes. That is correct. Okay. So that's the reason for the word confirm. That's it. Because that up until that point, you can go back and change. You can upload. You can make additional uploads to the document, but once it's confirmed, that's it, it's final. So I'm having a real hard time here, colleagues, to, with their request to waive the procurement code. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner LaMarca. I think lockbox was said more than it was in 2000. Um, when, when, when the documents are uploaded, to this repository, um, can they can add other things? Can they pull the document out to make substantive changes? They, uh, but prior to the confirmation, they can make additional changes. They can go back in and review what they submitted. Mm -hmm. They can actually upload additional documentation. But once they put their password in and press confirm, it's a complete document and it's forwarded on to the to the county at the time specified in the solicitation document. Okay, do we have any way of knowing that after five, zero, zero, and zero seconds that anything was changed, updated, removed? I believe they went back in, you, before Kataya, I believe they yes. went back in to review. Let's see, at um, 459 and 53, they viewed the offer. At 459 and 58 seconds, they saved the offer. And at 459, 58, they viewed it again. At 5 o'clock and 19 seconds, they saved an offer. And at, again, at 5 o'clock and 19 seconds, they viewed the offer page. So that was the last activity for that company. So viewing it isn't really? Viewing it is just going back in to look at what you uploaded. So, so I have a, let me ask you a technical question if I could, Ms. Billingsley. The, the, this is a RFP for qualifications, right? It's That's not, correct. So. Separate from the process, and Commissioner Wexler covered that pretty thoroughly, but separate from the process, what is being shared in this whole submittal? In other words, uh, vendor, I would assume, consultant uh, vendor, firm information, experience. Uh, the approach, project approach, everything that we use to evaluate for the vendor. Okay, but so am I correct in assuming this whole- I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Is, is this whole process, this submittal process, basically a entry to an evaluation uh, board? You shortlist, out of, if you've yes. got five, would you shortlist what, three? That's correct, unless it's specified differently in the solicitation document. Okay. Um, would you ever shortlist all five? I mean, would you I'll just say, you know, there's five, let's, let's hear them all. That's a possibility, yeah. So if this is really just an entry to that, that evaluation process, and I'm going to get to where I, I think we can we can move forward. Um, if there is confusion, and, and I've used BidSync on via DemandStar, these different things in the construction world, and it's a very sim similar issue. Um, if nothing was changed, and they can, and and this is to do an evaluation committee, which which 
somebody from purchasing and somebody probably from the port and you know, that, that team will be put together. Um, what could what could they benefit? I guess my, my, I'm having I'm not having any issues with the process because it's pretty well identified. Except that I think moving forward, maybe on our not bid sinks, but our uh, request for proposal or our, our, our notification to, to interested vendors, maybe we put a bright yellow box that says you know at the end you must complete the step before it goes or or you, or it's a, it's a non it's non responsive. Uh, but for for this looking at what we have. What uh, do you, could you think of anything that that would preclude us from listening to these five uh, vendors? And I'm thinking of the other four saying, "All right, are they going to protest? What's the protest?" It, it's about the integrity of your procurement process. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about uh, Mr. Katai or his his firm. What we do on our procurements will have an impact on virtually every other procurement mm -hmm. that we have because we have these rules in place. We clearly stated in our solicitation document as to what is required. We have the process documented on our website. So it's about the integrity of how we move forward with, with the procurement. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Kataya has participated in our procurement previously and we try to make sure that we are offering or fostering a transparent and a fair competitive process for everyone. We have uh, actually on some other smaller firms not allowed or they've not been able to participate because of this very same reason. They didn't get the documents in timely. So we were not able to, well really it wasn't anything to accept because it went into this lockbox and it never came to Broward County. So it's not a matter of rejecting anything. We never received the solicitation document. Okay. Commissioner Lamarca, might I also respond to that question? Sure. Just very briefly, I have a concern here this morning because it's here in a motion to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, the, the legal concern that I always have in situations like this is whether any other proposer would suffer an unfair economic advantage, which is essentially the question you asked. Um, and, and, and I may have to rely on Ms. Billingsley to confirm this, but my understanding at this point is that the proposals that were timely submitted are now available for inspection. They're not posted on the website, but they're now public record. We have not received the proposal of the Cartaya firm. So that situation um, has a potential of bringing complaint from the other proposers of unfair competitive disadvantage. Um, and that is my primary concern specific to this solicitation. And, the, and they're not here because this item is not, not an official item. This understood, is a discussion. But, so they're, they still have access to their proposal in your position is that they, uh, the, they're not available with the other four because the button disappeared to be able to confirm and that's the only way it could formally be transmitted. No, I, I think more specifically, am I correct, Go ahead. Ms. Billingsley, that the other four proposals are public record at this point and open to the public? They Any are. Any proposer who has not submitted yet could theoretically review those proposals before submitting a proposal to the county. We have not received the Cartaya proposal. Okay. That's correct. Commissioner Bogan. Yeah, I, I'd like to talk about a solution. Um, as Commissioner Wexler says she's not there, I am there. And I think that if the facts are that they submitted it by five o'clock, that's our rule, by 5 p.m., everything was submitted. Now we're talking about pushing a button called confirm. So are we arguing a form over substance? And I know counsel may not agree with, with, with my uh, statement, but um, what I think is, is to protect the county, because if a, um, 
if, it un, if it's alleged that it's unfair, that it could undo, it could cause us uh, money, it could, whatever it can do to us, the only way to get around it so there is no allegation of unfair uh, economic advantage is to kick out all the bids, like we've done before, and do a new RFP, and, um, and to me, it's in the best interest of the county, the more companies that we have uh, vying for this, it's, I think it's in our best interest. Um, now, it's been told to me in discussion that, well, that'll make prices go up. I think it'll make prices go down, because if everybody sees everybody else's bid, um, then I would want to get that bid, so I might, be cut, I might cut some profit out. I might cut something to get it cheaper and be more competitive. That's where I'm coming from. I might be way off base, but I think if somebody got it in by 5 o'clock, you know they got it in by 5, they got everything, and not, not oh, they missed five documents, but they got all the entire bid in. Is that correct? I, I don't know what they submitted. We're just saying that they uploaded those documents into the system. Okay. I, I've seen a representation on a document that says that everything has been uploaded prior to prior, the word prior to 5 p.m., but did not click. So we're talking now about they did comply with our rules. It's not like we're setting a precedent here because they, they, they did the last document at 5.01. They got all the documents in prior to 5 p.m., but didn't push another button. Yeah, the directions say they should have, but you know now I think we're talking what's called form over substance. I think substantively they complied. And it's, I think, our advantage. And I, my recommendation is we direct, uh, I would make a, a friendly amendment to, from a motion discussed to direct, the council can direct me better, direct staff or to, to reject. start it, reject, reject everything, start it over, and give it 30 days, whatever the legal requirement is, and to let everyone participate. Maybe there's three more companies that we'll hear about want to participate as well. And it will, the, more, the more competition, the better it is, I think, for the county. And I know that council's looking at me with spears in her eyes, <laughs> wanting to shoot me. But um, Not over-rejecting all. Pardon yeah. me? Not over-rejecting all. No, whatever the term would be, whatever the proper procedure would be, you, you know that. But right. uh, to, I mean to do a new no, RFP. There are no legal concerns with rejecting all bids. W whatever the new thing would be to do a new RFP, whatever that is. That, that's, that's where I, I think that takes away our liability, and the only criticism then is, well, the integrity now is a question, you know, to me, what's in the best interest of the county? I, I see that our integrity is not in question because they did get it in, and there's document to prove they got everything in before 5 p.m., so I would uh, look to try to get as many companies as possible. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Ritter. Um, thank you, Mayor. Oh. How many, um, Ms. Billingsley, how many proposals did you receive on this? Four. Four. I can't read my own handwriting. Um, Ms. Henry, if we were to rebid this, what, uh, what's the time frame on this project? Well, I wasn't anticipating that we would reject the bids today, so I have not had an opportunity to ask the question of 
the port to see what sort of time frame this is on. But whatever time frame it is, we'd have to obviously expedite it. And you're probably 30 to 60 days um, of a delay, Brenda, if I'm, if I'm correct. correct. Um, um, this is a parking uh, this is for, yeah. This is a parking garage out at the port for Terminal 2. Okay. Um, thank you. I am... Um, I'd be very concerned with the delay. While I, I appreciate what Commissioner Vogan is saying, and um, these are these are with, with the convention center hotel and the convention center expansion moving along at a pace. If you throw a wrench into those works, then you really can um, put everything. You, you really do delay everything. It's not just this one project; it's everything that's around there that could ultimately be impacted. Um, seems to me that this company, with all the viewing of the, uh, of the uploaded documents, was just trying to confirm that they'd been received on time. It's kind of obsessive, but I get it. Um, I mean, obsessively, it's obsessive in a good way. It's like when you are a candidate for office and it's the week of qualifying. <laughs> and it's 9 a.m. on Friday, and qualifying ends at 12 p.m. on Friday, and you're clicking every two minutes to see if anybody filed against you. It's kind of like that. Um, it doesn't indicate to me that they were concerned that their file had not been uh, received. They were just confirming repeatedly that it had been. And they started uploading this document at 6.50 in the morning. So it isn't like they were waiting till the last minute to submit this, these documents, which apparently take hours and hours to upload. It's also my understanding that this is the first time this company's used BidSync. Um, and it, it's, it's almost like we're saying that we've never made a mistake, that we've never, in, that we've never forgot, that we've, that we've never forgotten to click a link. Um, on, a, on an email or on a website to take us in a different direction when we knew we should have or, um, or didn't know we should have. I, I don't think that, I don't think it's ever a good idea to be rigid and inflexible. And I, in fact, I think rigidity and inflexibility are bad business models. I think you can cut off your nose to spite your face when you're so concerned with the rule that you forget the bigger picture, which in this case is the port, the seaport, one of our biggest economic engines in the county. Um, so, and, and the fact that nobody's seen the bids. I don't understand how our integrity can be called into question when no one has seen the bids and Cartaya's bid is stuck in, in cyberspace <laughs> uh, and no one, and it hasn't been, it hasn't been uh, submitted to the county yet, so nobody knows what they've submitted. Nobody knows what the other four proposals have submitted, and, and I clearly understand the council's concerns. And, and it's not that I don't share them. I just think that there, there are times when you have to do what you think is right, um, regardless of what criticism you may experience. Um, and, and to me, in this case, in, in, in this specific case, don't want to set any precedent about what comes after or what may come after, but in this particular case, you're talking about 
um, a proposal that was clearly submitted on time. Um, a firm that has done business with Broward County in the past many, many times has never had this issue, but is having this issue now for the first time because this is the first time they've used BidSync. Proposals that haven't been viewed by anyone yet. Um, and a board that should be um, pro-business and business friendly. And if I were looking at the private sector, if I were on a private sector board of directors looking at this, um, I would never be rigid and inflexible on a project like this with a firm that has a, a proven track record in this county. Um, so I would support allowing them to, um, to, to bid on this proposal and the justification I would use is that they clearly bid it on time. Thank you. Vice Mayor Sharif. Well, in, in also following up with what Commissioner said, I agree. Um, but, you know, whenever you have a program that you implement for electronic submission, it's always kind of dicey when you first start out and when people I'm, first start I'm sorry, using uh, it. Vice Mayor Sharif, can you make a motion to extend for another 15 minutes? Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, we just, I think we have to extend it because we hit it at 12:45. Well, I I told you this item was going to go before I know, that. I know, but I don't want to. Okay. So motion to extend. Okay. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Show it's been extended. Okay. So what my when I when I saw this, one of the first things that I wanted I asked was whether or not we had done a good enough job at explaining to people how to use the bid sync system and whether or not there had been any training offered in terms of um, the office personnel who's in, uh, responsible for submitting it. And the reason why I asked that question is because when, the, when, when they're saying that this young lady who is submitting is saying she put in the password and then she uploaded this document and it took her all of all day and all morning to do that and into the evening and then called someone to say, hey, did you get it? And still needed to, to press a confirm button. Was there any training that says, hey, listen, your bid's not gonna be sent to the county unless the confirm button has been pressed. And I mean, outside of just writing it on a piece of paper, we all get instructions. How many people read them? I mean, and, and if you're doing it, you might read them and miss it. So my point was is that some people are, are reading learners, some people are, are um, hands-on learners. And was there any type of hands-on training or any type of other training giving, given to make sure that the person who's submitting knows, okay, this is what I have to do? Yes, we did. We've had several training sessions. We um, actually have a couple here in, in the government center on how to use BitSync. We've been using BidSync since 2014, I believe. So we've had several training sessions. We have um, instructions on our website on how to use the system as well. Has, uh, has every vendor that does business through Broward County had that training? I would assume not. I mean, we advertise when we're offering the training, but I, I don't, I'm 30,000 vendors. I don't think that they've all gone through the training. Uh, and, and, that, and that was why I'm asking the question, because I know that we have a, a very large volume of That's vendors. Correct. And to train them would be a, a significant um, burden, I would say, for a program such as this. But to, I, I'm, I'm concerned that um, 
there may not have been uh, adequate enough training in terms of this final process. And, you know, it makes no difference to me if, you, if we throw out it, the, the bids and, and, and start over again. But I think that the more prudent thing to do would be to go ahead, accept the proposal in with the rest, let them all be, be vetted and move forward rather than waste time throwing them all out. Now, I, if, if we have to throw them all out, I would be, I, I'd go ahead and second Commissioner Bogan's motion to do that, but I just think it's a, I, I mean, I just think it's it's a minute detail, it's petty. I think that it was submitted up, uh, all the information was in by five. If we If it was in by five and it just wasn't transmitted to us, that's one thing, but, um, I, I, they're not asking to be chosen as number one. They're asking for a chance to be looked at. So, uh, Mayor, if I may, might ask, uh, I think the, the central issue here is, uh, one, we, we don't have it. And I don't know, can we get it? I, according to the email from BitSync, we can't retrieve it. Once that vault is shut, we can't get their proposal. It's not well, available for us. We can, why can't we just... If we vote to ask for, we can ask BitSync to allow us to get it. I'm sure there has to be something on there for us to be able to retrieve it if we want to. And I would have to put that request into them to see if they could retrieve the document back well, from them. I mean, the, I the, point, the point, the point that I'm making, and the only reason I'm raising the issue is if we don't have it, and for whatever reason, because the system is designed to not allow you to submit after the deadline, then the question becomes, can we get it? And I don't know if we have that answer right at the moment. The second part of that discussion is the other four bidders or respondents, their information is out there. It was available at 501, quite frankly. So we don't know if we can't get what was actually submitted, to do what you all are asking, I have some concerns that if if I now have to get it resubmitted, another packet, there's no way to confirm that that was the packet that was uploaded. So yeah, I think we need I, I to do, answer that question. And I do have the email from Josh who indicated in here that he had been with BidSync for four and a half years and he cannot remember an instance in which we went into that lockbox to extract documents for either the vendor or the agency. So if you so, can, but so I, I understand that they've said if they've said that, then we need to we need to ask that question sure. specifically. If the answer is no, they can't get it. Then what you're asking us is to trust that the document that is now being submitted was the same document that was that was submitted. Okay when the other four respondents' information has been out there since 501. Okay, so then why have a lockbox at all? Why have a lockbox at all if a document doesn't exist after it enters it? Why have IT professionals out there if they can't retrieve a document that was sent to you? It makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm sorry, I, I, I know I have the floor right now and I'm, I'm, I asked a question, but that answer right there makes no sense to me, okay? I, we have people that when you delete a whole laptop, they can retrieve everything that was deleted from it. How do you submit a document all day long for 12, 14 hours and you say it went into a certain place in a computer and you cannot retrieve that? That to me is more asinine than the fact that the confirm button is there. So I'm not taking that as an answer. So if that's my answer, then I'm a second Bogan's motion because I think that that is baloney. 
Mayor. That is crazy. There's Mayor, yeah. I'm not suggesting that that is the answer. I'm, what, I'm at, what I'm suggesting is that we need to confirm from them if that is possible. I don't know that you can't. I don't know. I know what, they, what they're telling us at this point is if you miss your 501, you miss your 5 o'clock deadline, okay. um, they make it impossible for you to submit. Okay, that's I don't fine. Know, I don't know but if, if you can't retrieve tell, from the no, box. No, but if the man could tell her after 5 o'clock that he had received it, if he could send the email that I received when I talked to Mr. Katai, if he could send the email and say he received all components of this transmission, then he has it. He has it for viewing because he said he sent this an email saying issue. he had it. I'm just saying if that if if I have to base my decision here today on that reason and that rationale, I am not going to vote to put them out of out of this this um, competitive bidding process because uh, I, I don't think it makes sense. He sent an email saying, "Yes, I received the documents. Yes, we received the transmission, but you didn't press confirm." Ms. Mayor, again, my my argument isn't whether or not the board should uh, entertain their request. What I'm suggesting at the moment is that I don't I don't. We will confirm whether or not we could get that information out of that lockbox. I don't know if you can or you can't, so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we can. I just don't know. The second piece, I don't know, I don't know whether or not the bidders from BidSync can tell you that they received everything that they were required to submit. They, they know that documents were uploaded. They know that documents were um, um, Submit it, but I don't know until somebody's actually physically, physically looking at the documents and evaluating if all of the required documents are there can be there. So I can't tell you that by what I know today. Commissioner Holness. Did I lose this one? Oh, I thought your mic was off. No. Oh, okay. Okay. So. I need an answer to my question. Is there anybody from BidSync that we can contact today that can give me an answer before we leave here so that I can vote on this? I don't want to vote in one way and not have all the information that I need. I need to know if there's anybody that we can call right now. We can table this, go to lunch, and I'm sorry, whoever shows back up shows up. But we could table this, go ahead and go to lunch, and somebody can come back with the answer that makes sense for me. Please. Sure. Can, can I suggest something? Well, wait, can, can be, we, before, um, I'm sorry, Commissioner Bogan. It's Commissioner Holness' turn. Commissioner thank Holness. you. Thank you. Uh, there's probably a solution with uh, both things in mind. If we can't retrieve the document, then we can go with Commissioner Bogan's uh, uh, motion. So, so we, can, we can actually have a motion that solves the issue that, that basically... Uh, it, it, it would be if we're not able to retrieve the document from BidSync, then we go ahead and, and, and go back out to bid and, and reject all offers and go back out. Uh, that, that would be my motion in order to solve the issue because I don't think we need to spend the rest of the day on this. Uh, so, so that would be my motion. Okay, so that would be, that that would be we, we, we could do that. But let me, let me say something. In, in terms, I have this screenshot of the page for submitting. And I got to tell you, I, Ms. Henry showed this to me yesterday. And when I saw it, I'm not a contractor, so I don't bid this stuff. But 
If I look at it and you see submit next, let me read this 17. Once you finish entering all of the information in your bid response, click submit. To me, if then it's done. That's what I would read it to be. It's, it's over. I don't need to do anything else. I submit. He says, when I'm done doing it, that, submit. It's over. And then further down, in small writing, in, this, in final print, there's a place that says enter your password. And then all the way over on the other side, small print again, confirm. I think that part of what we need to do going forward, I understand the instructions there, but I read the instructions and I'm on the website now. I'm doing it. Okay? It, it's happening. I know it's in the instruction that you should do it. And I saw that too. But now I'm on the site. And, and I'm, this is not what I do every day. I'm an architect. I'm an engineer. I'm a contractor. Whatever I am or whatever I do, I'm not sitting in front of this every day. So I'm here submitting. In addition to what we're talking about here, we ought to go to BitSing and says, please, do something about this. Make it so that it's user-friendly and simple for people to understand. Okay? Put a big, after submitting, you must confirm. You must enter your password and confirm. In big writing right there, just below that, rather than having this bar down the bottom that you think is probably subnotes or something else. My motion would be that... We attempt to retrieve the documents from BidSync, but if we're not able to do so, uh, we reject all offers and go back out to bid. Second. Now, before we take that, I, I think we, we should I'm vote on this matter. I'm going to do a substitute bid, motion to reject all bids, but, period, and go out. But there's a, uh, let me ask you all, there is, there are still a few people that would like to speak on this matter, um, which I'm more than happy to do. I'm not going to cut anybody off that wants to speak. Uh, so before we do that, and it is, one o'clock, we're gonna need another motion to extend for another 10, 15 minutes, if y'all want. I moved it, I moved that we extend. Okay, second. Second. 10 minutes. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. Show the item. so it passes unanimously. Okay, now before we go to Commissioner Lamarca, Commissioner Ryan hasn't yet spoken. I, I think we have two alternatives. Is, is one alternative is for you to make an effort um, at the end of this meeting to see if you can retrieve uh, the document from BitSync. If you can re if you can retrieve the document, then is it your motion, um, Commissioner Holness, that the, uh, the bid will be accepted Correct. along with the other four? Yes. All right, so that... Uh, so that's, that's a waiver, yeah, that's the waiver of the procurement code to go forward with that proposal, all right. And then if you cannot retrieve the document, then it's to just go ahead and reject all bids and rebid it. Is that, is that your motion? Correct. All right. So with that, with that I, will, uh, I will concur with that motion, but I see that uh, our auditor has a question. Uh, of course, um, uh, Mr. Lukic. I just would uh, make a suggestion. Uh, normally, normally, we would adhere to our procedures and find a compelling reason not to. There certainly is a lot of discussion about what's the right thing to do. Ultimately, the right thing to do is what's in the best interest of the public. What concerns me about waiving the code is, and I'm not that close to this because I just heard about it, waiving the code would might expose the county to a protest on this item. So talking about delays, we end up having more potentially more delays. 
if that's the case. Uh, otherwise, it would seem like the more prudent thing would be to do the reject all, which is not okay, a waiving the code, and which always has a, you always have the, the right to do. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. If, if, if we were to waive the code to allow this, this firm to enter, does that expose the county let, to delays let, let, relative, to, Fur after relative after to this Mr. item? Because at the end of the day, we simply, I, I would believe, we don't want to delay this project if we can avoid that. I'm a may, I would draw my motion and go for rejecting all bids okay. and, and resubmit. Great. And before we deal, uh, Commissioner Fur. Thanks. I would, I would prefer that we just waive the code. I think this is, in, if I look at this, if I'm John Q. Public looking at this and I'm looking at common sense of it, everything about it says this was submitted by 5 o'clock. They, they hit submit. And I, and I think, you know, when you, when you look at, this is a, their first time doing this and anybody trying to do this, when, you, when, you've, when you've handed off this responsibility to somebody else, if, if prior, I imagine, they would have brought in all these books, they would have handed it to you, boom, there they are at 5 o'clock, and you would have written off, you would have written a saying, something saying all signed. You may, you may have actually, to take the time to sign that off, that might have happened at 501, if even in real life, even in, in real life, even the way it was, you know, that could happen. But the actual submittal was prior to 5 o'clock. So when I look at that and I try to look at it fairly, I try to look at it with common sense, I don't think, I think this could withstand a protest. That's my opinion. I think it's the right thing to do. I don't think rejecting all bids, because now everybody's seen everybody's. I do, I do think that, I, and I say this only if we're able to get everything out of that lockbox, but I can't imagine we can't. I can't imagine, because if, they've, they've, if they say they already have all of it, and they've, you know, they've, they've I can't imagine they can't get that. That, that kind of would just be so very surprising. I, I think it makes more sense and, it, and is in the interest of the public to go ahead and just wave it. That's part of our job. There are times where that's going to happen, and that's where we have to, to be the arbiter and, and, and not be so rigid and, and inflexible that we can't allow for fairness to take place. I think this is a fair thing to do. I don't think we're, we're, we're bending over backwards and giving anybody an extra advantage, given the fact that it was submitted by 5 o'clock. I just think it's the right thing to do. So I'm, I, I'm in favor of waiving it. Um, I, I think we do need to find out whether or not we can get it. Um, and if we can, I'd say we waive it and go forward. Miss um, Coffey. I don't wish to weigh in at all, but um, Commissioner Holness's original motion, um, which would be to do what Commissioner Furr has just said, um, I suspect will lead us to a protest. The protest will sort out whether or not this was a timely bid submission. And um, we could, on a parallel track, be preparing um, a, a, a subsequent solicitation just as your original motion, and, and perhaps that wouldn't lose too much time. The advantage of keeping the bid open is that you keep the four proposers' um, bids alive. So then, then oh. A question, a question on, on, on the, 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 the statement from our, our, our county attorney. My concern why I, why I was pulling back is how much, are we, will, if we have a protest, would that not take time away from us completing the process? That, that is my concern, that uh, now we're going to... 
will it cost us more time or less? Or, or will, can it, your, your suggestion to do it parallel seems like that could be done. And if that can be done, then that, I'm fine with that. I, I would have to rely on Ms. Billingsley to, to, what I was suggesting, Brenda, was a parallel track. So in other words, we'd have a solicitation document prepared while the protest proceeds. We'd do everything in our power to expedite that protest. Um, and then if I wouldn't suggest appeals by the county, if we don't win, we would just go forward with the four existing proposers. If Cartaya wins, we go ahead with five, and then we pull Why back on the solicitation. Why would you go down that track when you can expedite the whole thing by rejecting? All Is there a stay? I got I the county attorney. I just want to Mark and, and Dale. I apologize, but I have a queue, and we're going in, in a. In a I'll, I'll get to everybody. Mark, you're definitely going to come next, but it's Commissioner Lamarca's turn right now to speak. I, I'll be brief. Um, Commission, Commissioner Ritter brings up a good point, and you know, rig, rigidity is kind of what's. It's not just what's wrong with this, with, what's wrong with apparently this process, but it's kind of what's wrong with our political process today. You know, it's all, it's all or nothing. We, we, we're talking about four existing consultants that, that have submitted, and the fifth is uh, that we're talking about now, all five of them, but certainly at least four of them, we work with every day, all day, all year, for years and years. Uh, Mr. Cartier has been working with us for the better part of 30 years. Um, we're not, here, here's what, here's where I'm fine, I'm going to support Commissioner Bogan's motion because I don't want to put ourselves in a protest and I understand Commissioner Furby, you bring a great point up, it should be common sense. A lot of things should be common sense. I just don't, I don't think that the lawyers for the other four firms, if they want to make hay out of this, that they're going to be looking for common sense. The people might. Um, so the, the concern I have is to a degree timing, but again, this is the parking garage for, uh, for our, uh, terminal two and our port, uh, our convention center area. Uh, there's there's no pricing in this, and it was talked about before. There's the, that, that we're going to lose something because someone's going to see someone's price. All you're going to see is their qualifications, and that's like me seeing your resume. I can't change that, and you can't change mine. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I would put myself if I was the other four firms. I would put myself in a situation, and, and I think what's important, uh, Ms. Billingsley, is to say that nobody wants to uh, impede the integrity of the uh, procurement process. That's not our goal, but our goal is to move forward, um, and that's why we sometimes have to make these difficult situations, difficult decisions. But so I would say to those other four firms, what would you do if you were in this situation? You know, Mr. Cartaya and the work he does, and you know sometimes you do the work, sometimes he does it. Uh, my only position would be that if we can reject all bids and go out and, and get this process done in 30 days, the, for the most part, all the other ones have to do is hit submit and confirm again. And really, all he should have to do is, you know, maybe we don't even need to do that. Maybe we do an, an expedited period of time that it's a week or something. I mean, I, the, the work's already done. I don't, I don't know what, uh, what, what our auditor and our county administrator think, but, you know, legally, if that withstand, withstands the legal issues, Ms. Coffey, I, I think that's what we should do. Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Bogan. Yeah, I think the question that we haven't asked our county attorney is, if there is a protest filed, will that cause a delay? Is there a stay in the bidding? Will that cause a delay? You are right. It, a, a, a filed protest stays procurement. It doesn't mean that a document couldn't be prepared, a solicitation document. It just couldn't be put out on the street. So is that the answer is that yes, there will be a delay if a protest is filed? Yes. And then how long does a protest take, generally speaking? 
I'd have to. Generally yeah, speaking, Ms. Henry, Ms. Henry, would you? How long does the protest take? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. No, if you can answer their question, then I'll chime in on the other. How long does a protest normally take? From start to finish. From start. Well, it depends on the complexity of the protest. Of course, because generally really, speaking. I mean, I hate to be so bureaucratic about it, but it really does because we have to get a hearing officer. Our county attorneys get involved, so it could be anywhere from six to eight weeks. So, County Commissioner Ritter, that's my point. While we may delay for the RFP, a new RFP, 30 days, we have a potential delay of eight to 12 weeks if there is a protest. So, so, so I agree with allowing them to come in now. I totally agree with Commissioner Furr. I agree with letting him, and then, but I just want to know the risk is that if we do that, and there, if there is a protest, then we may have a delay of 60 to 90 days minimum. minimum. And Mario may decide to file protest after this conversation too. So no. you've got the same issues there. No, you're right. You're, you're, uh, Which, you're by right. the way, we've never lost. Oh, never, ever, that. ever, ever, ever have we lost a protest. Then ever. why don't we do an alternative like as Commissioner uh, Holness did where we agree if, the, if we agree that if we can get this out of, uh, out of this computer, and if we can't, why don't we get a new company because it's ridiculous that if we can't get something that they confirm they had, that's kind of ridiculous also, as I, Commissioner uh, Sharif said. And, uh, and the other second motion would be to uh, then bid it out if we can't get it. There's, uh, just, wait, so I'm going to hold on to that motion. But so if, I can, if we can go through the chair, guys, come on. I'm getting a little PO'd. I'm, I'm seriously getting PO'd. I want to keep track back of the meeting. What, what is P I'm sorry. P is that, is that P.O. Box? Is that P.O. Box? It is P.O. Box. But listen, we have one more speaker, and that's Commissioner Furr. And then if anybody else wants to speak, of course, I'll give everybody the opportunity. But please go through the chair. Commissioner Furr. I was just going to take a picture of you, Pedo. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> As angry as I get. Let me, just take, let me just get that real quick. Well, we've never seen him pedoed. I, I wanted to document it. It's like, okay, I got it. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> if, if, a if a protest takes place, can we then at that point reject all bids? Or do you have to, and then say, okay, we're, we're just going to clean slate. Can we do that? You can do that at any stage of the proceedings. Because we could wait to see if anybody does protest. Maybe nobody protests. And then if they do, we reject all bids if we have to. No? Yes? I, maybe it's, I'm, I'm just not understanding the question. I'm sorry. In other words, I don't know, who knows if, everybody, if anybody's going to protest on this basis. They may not. If, if they don't, everything's fine and good. It comes out of lockbox. We're off and running. If they do, then we just reject all bids and, we, and then we start all over again. Can we do that? Can you reject, can you reject all bids once a protest has taken place? Or do you have to follow That's through the process? That's part of the process. You understand what I'm talking about? Now I do. And what you're really saying is that you can't file a protest because we're going to reject all bids if you file a protest. No. Well, I, I showed my hand. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> Com Commissioner Wexler. Yeah, it's really, this is really not good. This is really not good. There is a solution here. It is, the, what I did is a substitute motion. The RFP is prepared. It can be a 30-day turnaround. There is no, what's the, and it's clean. It's defensible. It's clean. Not wait for this or wait for that. 
And I am sure that she now knows about that confirm button. I'm positive that if, if they or anybody else is interested in submitting on a new, because I, my motion to reject all and re-advertise stands. I don't think there was a second for it, though. I second it. Oh, okay. It's clean. Let's get out of here. I'm hungry. I did. I seconded. <laughs> okay, we have uh, one more speaker on the queue, and that's Commissioner Ryan. And then hopefully we can vote on the motion from Commissioner Wexler. Uh, no, the, my, my issue's already been, been resolved, and so I'll support uh, Commissioner Wexler's motion. Great. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show of passes, 8 to 1. All right. We're moving on to a non-agenda. So with that, we have, I have a couple things on the mayor's report today. I am, by the way, I'm no longer PO'd. I'm actually very happy now. You know? The, uh, <laughs> we have a... Uh, the first thing I want to bring up is uh, this weekend on Saturday, um, Commissioners uh, Bogan, Commissioner Ritter, Commissioner Lamarca, and I attended uh, the Boys and Girls Club's uh, 49th annual gala, and they inducted uh, the Broward County Commission, both the county commissioners today and the county commissioners of yesterday, into the 2016 Hall of Fame. And uh, they presented all of us with the uh, with our award, which is in this box, a very pretty award. And I just wanted to bring it here and ask Ms. Henry once again, if I give it to you, would you please put it in a conspicuous place in the county for all of our uh, public to view? Thank you. The uh, next thing I wanted to bring up was uh, yesterday, uh, I was able to um, write out and uh, get on the USS Colt, uh, which was for the beginning of Fleet Week. And I just want to say it was, for me, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had the privilege of enjoying and to see how the members of our military, uh, how regimented they are, how they act, how uh, respectful they are to everybody, and how they uh, are able to operate a, uh, a ship, a massive destroyer like that is very impressive and it was very incredible. And um, it, as always, just like many other things, made me feel very patriotic. Uh, so that was a, a great, um, really a great experience. And I just encourage everybody to uh, participate in Fleet Week this year, which is really wonderful. And I just wanted to bring up something that I thought was very neat. I had the opportunity to speak to a number of the different uh, Navy women and men on the ship, and they had told me that the USS Cole and others come to Fleet Week every single year, and it's something that they really look forward to because they, what they told me was they love Fort Lauderdale and they love Broward County, and the reception that they get from our residents is something that, that makes this trip for them something special. Uh, so with that said, we'll now, uh, we'll start over here with Commissioner Furr. Nothing. Nothing. Commissioner Wexler. I, I, very short. Well, one may not be so short. First thing. Next Tuesday and Wednesday is the Broward Behavioral Health Conference. It is a statewide conference. There are 400 people registered for it. It's going to be at Signature Grand. There are some wonderful national speakers, including Daryl Strawberry, people that have either gone through substance abuse issues, mental health issues, and come out the other end of the poll. And um, it, it, I'm looking forward to it. And, and Commissioner Wexler, if I recall, you are very appropriately being honored at it, that, aren't you? No, that's a different. That's oh, it's a different one. That's the Mental Health Association oh, of Broward okay, so. County. Yeah. 
but that's different. Very but I chair, the, I chair this event. I see. So okay. the other thing is, is Commissioner Holness and I went to a, um, an ethics training last evening. And one of the issues that was brought up, I think needs to be addressed or readdressed or clarified in our ethics ordinance. And it was actually brought up by Mayor Kaplan. And it was about foreign travel. And it was about how a, a, a country and how they, they, um, they were forced to give up their sister city's um, relationship because of the ethics ordinance. Because when you go to a foreign country, and I was, is Italy one of their, uh, whatever, yeah. they, they have a, more than one city, yeah. I, I think sister Fine. city. Fine. Okay. But that you can't put 20 bucks on a table. You can't put money on the table or tell the host, here, it's, a, it, it's highly insulting and you're on city business. In this case, I don't know what we do. I haven't traveled since 2008, but I know Commissioner Vice Mayor Sharif is going to Mexico. I doubt that whatever dinners is being hosted, it's an economic event on behalf of the Board of County Commissioners. How is that handled? So how, no, 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 no. It's a very real issue. It was raised and when the city of Lauderhill said we stopped our sister city relationship because of the ethics ordinance, I think that should be very troubling for us unless there is something in there that we're missing. And of course, Jody Breeze gave the, um, the, the presentation and the interpretation and she didn't see any way that that could happen either. Dale, do you, did I leave anything out on, Mayor, Mayor, may I? Uh, absolutely. He was there last, Mayor, may I? <laughs> since he was there last evening also. Did I? Yes, it, it is, it, it, the, the Mayor Kaplan has basically decided he's not going to do it anymore. And, and the sister city program in Lauderdale uh, was really something that was working for, for the city in terms of exchanges that were happening, visitors coming, businesses coming. Uh, and and now, how how does he report the fact that he's gonna get this uh, bus trip from the airport to the the hotel where it's being hosted? The 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 dinners or the breakfast that is being provided uh, for for the event and for the days that that they're there. You know, normally when you go to these events, the host city actually provides for you, as we do when we host folks here also. We provide breakfast or lunch or, 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 or attendance to the Performing Arts Center or something like that. How, how do you deal with that? Well, there are a couple of things. One is um, if the actual sister city is a government and is providing that, um, there may be an exemption under the code. Additionally, additionally, um, we have been of the view at, with regard to our local ordinance, that if any one of the commissioners is deployed as you know a, a representative of the Board of County Commissioners doing work, doing the people's work, public work, that isn't prohibited under the code. The issue is that it may be reportable under state law because they, they define reporting requirements for gifts a little bit um, more stringently. But I think what I'd like to do is go back and um, we, we have a, a similar question that's pending before us right now with regard to some other um, individual commissioner activities representing the board, and we'll take a look of it, at it in light um, of the ethics code and, and this, this new opinion by the IG's office. 
If I may just conclude then, and if you determine that there needs to be a modification of the ethics ordinance, could you let me know? Let, don't you want to, do you want to know? I mean, we were, I mean, Miss Breeze, you know, I brought it up, don't answer, because it's not a, it was not an advertised meeting last night. And, and many folks from different cities had more than one commissioner there. So they don't advertise their ethics training. We should, we should sunshine it. <laughs> so, which should. was kind right. of odd. Yeah, I, I, and I believe that uh, county administrator, I don't know if you can work with us to ensure that sunshine, because then you, you sit there and you can't hear what someone else says or, or, or listen to the conversation. You probably got to excuse yourself. Great. I'm happy to do that when I know about them. I really appreciate you both bringing that up. That's, that's good. Uh, Commissioner Ritter. Commissioner Ryan. Vice Mayor Sharif. Well, okay. we're, fortunately, you have such a big brain, so there's no way we can kill it all. I don't know, Marty, because P.O. took me there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, about, it's about as much as I curse. All right. That is. I know. That was very Catholic, Marty. That was good. Um, okay, so um, I, I wanted to wish everyone a happy Administrative Professionals Day on Wednesday. Uh, April 27th, we, um, I was able to emcee the third annual Administrative Professionals Day at Miramar Pembroke Pines Regional Chamber of Commerce. Um, I had a FAC Executive Committee meeting in Tampa where we talked about um, some restructuring of some of the activities in terms of um, what FAC does um, during the legislative period and in terms of um, Bertha Space Shows just changed. <laughs> uh, do, doing a better job uh, of, of making sure that the counties that are members of FAC can see the value and, and making sure that we um, give each county um, information regarding value as well as um, tweaking some of the aspects of the organization um, in terms of fundraising, in terms of uh, political involvement. And so um, it was a very productive meeting. Huh? Okay. So the next thing is um, I want to... <laughs> on Sunday, May the 1st, see, they, they're, they're lengthening my non-agenda. On Sunday, May the 1st, I had the pleasure of um, packing 1,030,000 meals with the Miami Dolphins and um, U.S. Hunger um, Organization and um, my sister's is Zeta Omega. And uh, we had a, veil, a, a very good time doing that. It was for a worthy cause. And um, that's it, Mayor. Wonderful. Commissioner Lamarck. Thank you, Mayor. Um, first of all, I want to identify, I don't think if Mabel's still in the chambers, but uh, Mabel Hurtado, who works in my office, is... Uh, graduating Florida Atlantic University tomorrow evening with her, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday evening, with her master's in public administration, uh, which is great, so she can start teaching me things. Uh, check that off the box. Uh, okay, so a couple things that uh, happened and, and are happening. One, I just wanted to thank uh, our environmental staff uh, for the challenge grants that were, were done <coughs> last year, year before, because we did another one of our sea oat planting events uh, in Lauderdale by the Sea with uh, JM Family Foundation as our corporate partner, 
And what is what is great about that is we're, we're done with the city of Lauderdale, or the town of Lauderdale by the sea, uh, working with the Youth Environmental Alliance, Lee Gottlieb, and the South Florida Audubon Society, Doug Young. Uh, we have completed every place that said that they would allow us to do it. So we've got a couple people we've got to change their minds, but this is totally separate and apart from the beach renourishment project. So something I know that uh, Team Beam was going to want to bring down to, to segment three. Um, with respect to what is what is going on here, I wanted to uh, also highlight. I think Commissioner Ritter went out and jumped on one of the one of the ships on that little rope ladder, and Marty, you did as well. And um, it's uh, it, 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 what's interesting about Navy ships is they're not meant to board; they're meant to keep people off. So it's very hard when our port pilots go out and and ask you to get on there, unlike a cargo or a uh, cruise ship where they just open a door on the side and you can walk right on in a on a plank. Um, but we uh, we opened the uh, the fleet being here last night uh, at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood and did the roll call. We have the USS Baton, which is a LHD. Can uh, think of it as a small carrier with a marine contingency. Uh, the, our USS Cole that we uh, that we christened here and, and uh, started here in 1996 that the, the mayor mentioned. Also the USS Bainbridge, which was another ship that was christened here, another destroyer uh, in 2005 as well as the USS California, which is a sub, and our friends from the Coast Guard brought up one of their uh, fast cutters. Um, Representative Moritis was a submarine officer, and uh, as I told him, not only are they harder to get on when they're above water, uh, you don't see a lot of daylight, but, th but that would be a neat one if anybody's doing tours. Uh, we have uh, quite a few events that are going to be going on with Broward Navy Days. If you go to the website, BrowardNavyDays.org, there's everything from a chef's challenge on Saturday night at the new Allied Kitchen and Design in the Culinary District in Oakland Park with beer by Hunky Buddha, uh, a local local brand and some other great events, but uh, other, other things going on throughout the week. And let's not forget the Ford Lauderdale Air Show, which is going on Saturday and Sunday. It, uh, they picked up a big sponsor with Ford Motor Company this year. Uh, I suggested maybe the mayor can go in some kind of branding campaign with Ford Motor Company and they can invest in the, the city brand, maybe rename it. But we also have, uh, with that air show, we have a young man, Michael Knapp, who grew up in Hollywood, Florida, and dreamed of someday flying in the air show, but he, he's close, but he is now a uh, U.S. Air Force mechanic, and he's keeping those planes in the air, and he's going to be, he's here throughout this week. So that's a pretty neat thing. I wanted to just hit one more one more point. Uh, and then we always talk about, I think the federal level people talk about raising the minimum wage, raising the minimum wage. The government needs to step in and make this mandatory. Um, well, I, I didn't hear anybody talk about, and this isn't necessarily an advertisement for Walmart, but I didn't hear anybody talk about the 1.2 million people uh, who received a pay hike in February, the 500,000 that received a pay hike prior to that. They went from... Uh,